This episode of PSI Love UXOXO is brought to you by DollarShaveClub.com. See why over 3 million members like Tim Gettys love Dollar Shave Club. They're so confident in all the quality of all of their products. Now you can get your first month of the club for free. Just pay shipping. After that, it's a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment. No hidden fees. Get yours at DollarShaveClub.com slash love. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 56. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. Go it's Islanders. good to be here with you today as well. You're, is this a new shirt? I feel like I haven't seen this no, one. No, it's a it's from the playoffs last year, but the okay. season starts in just Oh, days. that's why you're breaking it out and yeah. stuff. You're getting ready there. Mm. Who, are they, who, are they, who are they kicking it off against? I don't even know. I haven't looked at the uh, main, uh, the uh, regular season schedule. It's Interesting. It was announced, so... Wait, how, oh, is it preseason going on? Because mm-hmm. the, the Canadians were playing when I was in Montreal. I thought, yeah, I, I saw you, which is was, weird. I, I was like, you're was watching. Happening. Now you're suddenly watching hockey. That's interesting. Well, I was just at a bar. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't go to the bar. Like, man, I can't wait to see what the Canadians are up Your to Your tweet today. specifically said you were watching the Habs game. You spelled Canadians with an A, by the way. I'm going to let that go. But yeah. but the... Uh, is that not how the team spells it? It's Canadians. Like that's how the team spells it. That's how I was right if I was talking about multiple Canadians, though. Right. Just making sure. I'm just making sure I didn't screw them overall. But I want to feel like I feel like they open up against the Rangers. Yeah, they do. Oh, at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, right now, just, uh, you know, focusing on the uh, the final roster and whatnot. I mean, everyone's getting kind of prepared. People are hitting waivers going back to the AHL. So it's exciting kind of. Oh, always. This is the most exciting exciting kind of time. You know, the AHL, everybody's sharpening their skates. Everyone's sharpening their skates. Yeah, they sharpen they, their own skates in the NHL. They, they, you know that? They, they take their stick and they bend it just a little bit at the top. Get the little cuppage going on there. That's already done. But uh, I mean, you can't that, have an illegal bend in your stick. So You know what I mean? Like There is a lot of gray area in hockey in the rules. I there think are, you'll admit. As, as I, we've brought up many a time, icing, no one really knows what it is. So that's only called maybe 50 to 75%. It's of like time. holding in the NFL where uh, it's uh, all it's happening uh, all the time. Yeah. But it just uh, it has so to be inno- egregious. It's so infuriating. I'm watching the Jets have a really ferocious front seven and I'm watching players literally get tackled by offensive linemen and yeah. just not no call. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. 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 yeah it's another it's another podcast probably, but it's never <sighs> stopped us before. Jets, man. Colin, mm. it does me well to see you. I haven't seen you in quite some time. <sighs> it's been that long, but yeah, it's good. It to feels like it's been a long time. How much Dragon Quest Builders have you played? None. I mean, oh I've had it for several weeks. But God, Colin. It's getting great reviews. It has delivered. I play, I, I, it's the first time in a long time I've played the Vita to death, where I'm on a plane and it starts flashing. I'm like, oh, fuck, I've played this the entire way. Mm. This thing's going to explode in two seconds. Awesome. It, it's delivered. I, this is what I wanted out of this game. You know, it's my first Dragon Quest game. We've talked about it before. Uh, I, know, I know the basics, the slimes. They got them. Get you a game called Dragon Quest Posers. They got these. They got these slimes all over the place. Hey, I didn't say. I didn't say. You don't see me wearing the Dragon Quest shirt saying I've been right, around. Right. I've been right. around. I've deserved this. But it is the mashup of what I've always known to be Dragon Quest with Minecraft. So it's a dumbed down Minecraft and a dumbed down Dragon Quest, and it's perfect. Fun. You jump in there. Uh, what I'm surprised about that I didn't think a lot about was the fact that since Minecraft, I don't know if you've heard of Minecraft. It's been successful. Sounds like a thing I've heard of. It's turned some heads out there in the indie world. No one's really sure where it's going to go or how it's going to get, but this notch guy, they think, has good ideas and Mm. it might go somewhere. Uh, But they took what I liked about Minecraft and, like I said, dumbed down, made it easier in a way. You know what I mean? Mm. Because before it was, 
you needed to have, you know, I need to build this thing. I need to make this recipe, craft this thing, as they say. I got to go to my, oh, wait, where did I put this thing? Crap, I'm going to every one of my treasure chests trying to figure out where it is. This one, treasure chests are all just like unified. You go to make something, it knows that you have it. It'll just grab it for you and automatically do it. They even go a step further of giving you this enchanted chest you can put stuff into. And then when you're out in the field, you can automatically teleport stuff back to it or bring stuff out of it and do all these different things that way. Um, but it's weird to play it and have the RPG mixed in with it and have it be this, you know, open world is how they describe it as. And of course, it's very basic. You know what I mean? You have two, I, so far, I'm what, five and a half hours in maybe. And I've like, I, you know, the most I've ever had is like two or three quests going at one time. No quest log, which I hate. Mm. I hate not being able to jump in and see what I've done. Instead, I got to like talk to the people in my little town or go look at this weird. thing. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's weird. There's no way to figure out what quests are open and what quests are closed. I mean, well, closed for sure. No, no, it's just gone. There's no quest log that I've been able to well, find. Well, you can in the game. figure out like some sort of way. Like when you're in your when, when you're in your town, the people who have requested it will still have that above their head, and you can go talk to them anytime, and they'll remind like you what they yeah, need. Yeah, it's sloppy. Yeah, it's sloppy. But it's one of those things that, again, I think for this kitty kittyized RPG, this kittyized open world RPG, it's fine. And the fact that it's fine is good enough for me for a Vita game that I want to play on the go. And I'm surprised at how well it runs. I thought for sure it's another one of these PlayStation Four games that's also getting a Vita version. Vita version will run like shit. It does not. It runs well so far, five and a half hours. That's in. great. I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's fantastic. But I'm enjoying it. Uh, the camera gets finicky as you'd expect. Third, I never played Minecraft in third person unless I was worried about falling off the edge or something. So having it constantly in third person can be a hassle. There's different little things I've gone into and had conversations where I'm just looking at the back of the building I'm in. Can't see what's happening inside. Yeah, Dragon Quest in third to. person makes sense. So Yeah, no, no. That's the thing. It's the mix-up of what I expected from Dragon Quest and then this uh, fun Minecraft or whatever. But I love it. On the Vita, it's ready to go. It's sucking at the time. This is the problem I had with, uh, I felt, you know, I love Minecraft. Uh, you know, I played a lot of Minecraft. played a lot of Minecraft Vita in particular. And for me, it being a story horror, like we always talked about, not ha- just having it be on me was always the thing of like, all right, I'm going to build this building and do this thing. And then I get distracted and do something. But I'd eventually come back and finish the building. And they'd be like, all right, I made this nine-story structure that can store all this shit. Now what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Now actually having like the carrot at the end of the stick, getting different costumes, having a bunch of annoying motherfuckers who want me to build them their own personal rooms, which I think is a bit much. Just sleep with all the other people in the town. I'm making the room. Just go in there and sleep with them. You don't have to. Have, you don't have to fuck them. I'm only giving you a single twin straw beds. I'm not expecting you to go down and go have the sex out with each right. other in there. I'm just saying, sleep there before you go back and learn about building because that's why you know I'm I'm the master builder here. Got to learn about building. You got to learn about building in this one. But I'm I'm happy. It's the first. I mean, I, and I'm not racking my brain too hard here, but it's the first Vita game to deliver in a while of exactly the experience I wanted from it. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's one of those where this is exactly what I thought this game was going to be. And now I'm totally addicted and can't wait to play more of it. Maybe we'll get you a real Dragon Quest game one day. Is, play that. It, well, they, it, when they come to Vita and they have trophies, I'm in. And this also seems like an obtainable plat. However, and this might be the fact that, you know, again, it, it runs well so far on the PlayStation Vita version. It is one of those Vita games where I can't look at the trophies when I'm in the game. Not yeah, that's that. annoying. It's annoying, but I understand. Mike Bithel's talked about it before. He, had to, he has to do what he's got to do. Yeah, yeah you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's, that's fine. So if you're not playing Dragon Quest, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of games. Uh, so, I mean, Paramount amongst them is Mafia 3, which I've, I've probably played between... with bated breath for. Probably played about between 20 and 25 hours of the game. And? Um, so that's probably one of the games I played the most this entire year uh, in terms of hours. Sure, you've been looking you forward to almost it. any game. We've been looking forward to it, but you were the only it's one home okay. this weekend. God, fuck it. Uh, I can see why 2K held back on it. Um, I really thought that this game was going to deliver in a major way, and it just isn't. I think that mm. the consensus amongst... Some of the things I've seen people kind of chattering about it is it's just disappointing. Like the yeah. the um, the storyline and the performances in Mafia Three are fantastic, and they are not equivalent to everything else in the game. So like they have this really really great 
main character in Lincoln Clay, a black Vietnam vet, 1968 New Bordeaux. It's a New Orleans kind of uh, facsimile. Um, he's, he, I, I'm going to spoil the first couple hours of, this, of the thing. So if you guys don't want it, Mafia 3 spoilers, which I respect, then you might want because I didn't know this. If happening. you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to pat my head. And when we're done with Mafia 3 spoilers, I'll pat my head again. So you can mute until you see the second head tap. If you're in a car driving, fuck you. You should have watched it on YouTube. So Lincoln Clay has this surrogate father named um, Sammy who own, runs this club and is kind of like a low-level like gangster. Can I make an educated guess right, right off the bat? Mm-hmm. Is Sammy played by Dave Fenoy? Because somebody texted or tweeted me saying, Maybe. hey, Dave I can't Fenoy's figure that shit up. What so, I hear Dave Fenoy might be in this game. What up, Dave? Uh, so, uh, and Sammy has a son, another son named Ellis or whatever. Anyway, they all kind of, Lincoln comes back. He's basically like uh, like a pretty re- well-respected soldier in Vietnam. He's actually like uh, in like special operations. He's done a lot of fucked up shit. And he comes back and finds out that his, his, um, his uh, surrogate father basically is in trouble with like the the Italian mob, or whatever, or like that. Not really the Italian mob, but the high the high ranking like Southern mob, or whatever. And um, push comes to shove, they kill Ellis, they kill Sammy, which I didn't expect because you're kind of getting close to these characters in the first couple hours, and maybe people knew that, but I've been I've not been paying attention to this at all. Uh, once I knew it was based what the, what the story was about, I'm like I'm good. Uh, I didn't want to have anything spoiled for me. And uh, so it opens up this like this story of revenge, which is awesome. So like. Uh, it's all about getting to this guy Marcano, who's like the high-level mobster. Underneath him are, are a bunch of capos, and then like three capos, and then underneath them are a bunch of lieutenants. And the idea is to like pick them all off one yeah, at yeah. a time. You pick off two lieutenants, you get to the capo that's underneath, uh, like above them, and stuff like that. Um, and it's a nice little organized story of of revenge. Like he doesn't really have any other goal other than to fuck these guys up as much as possible, to hurt them as much as they he's hurt him, like through killing these people, or whatever. And so I like the story. He works with like pretty closely with the CIA agent and that like worked with him in Vietnam and such. There's like a lot of great characters. The the three people you meet, um, you meet this guy named Burke, who's like an Irish mobster. You meet Cassandra, oh, who's really? like a Haitian mobster. And you meet Vito from Mafia 2, yeah. who uh, is the, the protagonist of Mafia 2. And he's like one of your like lieutenants now. Um, so the stage is set for like something really cool. And then when you play the game, you realize like it's not good. Like the uh, like the real quick are we done with story spoilers? Yet? Yes. So the uh, thank you the uh, the gunplay is fine, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, driving is fine. Uh, it's just that there's like a bunch of technical issues. Like what? The game's what does that mean? Boring, and so lighting's all fucked up in the game. Anyone who's played it, like it's totally fucking botched. Okay. I don't know how. I've never seen a game with lighting this fucked up in my life. The sun comes out. Suddenly, you're blinded. The sun goes down. You can't fucking see anything. You're inside. You're outside at dusk, and there's like a little light. You run into a building with lights, and you can't see. Yeah. Like there's all this. Fu- I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this game? Like I can't see where. Like I'm running around playing it very meticulously. I'm actually like not. I'm only like maybe a third of the way through the story because I'm collecting every Playboy you're magazine. To play this guy? The, no, uh, I, like a lot of the things I'm doing aren't even tied to trophies. It's just this is what I'm. This is how this I play, play these games. Of games. Yeah, yeah. I'm collecting every little fucking. Item in the yeah, like just really taking my time. This is the way I like to play these games, and so I'm like running around sometimes for like a whole day night cycle, and suddenly I'm like in the bayou in the middle of the dark. I can't fucking see what's going on. <laughs> now I understand that like it's, maybe it's, that's realistic, but I'm like, this is a little. Mo- sometimes you look at the sky during dusk and dawn, and it looks like a hellscape. Like the clouds don't render properly, and it looks like Satan's about to land. Like the colors are all fucked up. Yeah. It's like you're on another planet. The sun's coming up. You're like on Mercury getting blinded by this. I'm like, this is so weird. And I've been reading about it. And some people have 
have been making the same complaints. No, there was a great there was a great uh, gif on Reddit today of them <laughs> driving the car in Mafia Three on like an overpass, and they just took a hard left, and they should have fallen. They just dr- flew. They just the car just drove like as if it was on like you know invisible airport or uh, road. See the game. The game is has a bunch of these really nice ideas and very few of them are executed properly. Mm. For instance, there's a, a cool idea where you you um, go to call boxes like attached to certain buildings and you like hack them basically by finding these like radio components and like moving them around. It's a very easy thing. You just hold square and it happens. And this shows you all the collectibles around the area oh, nice. and then also like gives you a little insight into like the story, what's going on. It might help you like if you're trying to take over a racket or whatever. But like it's just boring. Like you do this over and over again and it's just like, it's just boring. There's all so these it's collectibles. Not, it's not like a Ubisoft Far Cry thing where it's like satisfying. A no, I don't, and I don't, everything and I, I don't feel like it's satisfying at all. I mean, I don't think it's anything like Ubisoft. What Ubisoft does. Um, there's just really, one of the cool things in the game that I think is kind of understated is when you commit a crime, the cops react quickly. If you're in a white affluent area and they don't care at all, like they won't even show up like, like the radio dispatcher you can hear for some reason comes up and it's like, if you guys want, go take a statement. Someone hijacked a car in this black neighborhood. Gotcha. But it's like you hijack a car in a white neighborhood. They're on you like that. Sure. I think it's a really cool idea. The cops are annoying. Like whenever you commit a crime, whenever you break into a car, almost always someone's reporting you to the cops and then they run to the phone and they call the cops and you just drive away. But like the, the cops are like finicky in the game. Like they, they don't pay attention. Sometimes other times they do pay attention. They're easy to lose. Sometimes like you just run, just run. Yeah. You know, like and, and, and just out of the circle and then just hide. And then they go away. It's the game's easy to manipulate. It's easy to manipulate when you're taking over these rackets and going to these different buildings. You, you can use whistle by he- holding left on, like whistle to hold left on the D-pad. Calls an enemy towards you, stab him in the fucking neck, drag him behind. Call whistle the other guy who's talking to you, just stab him in the neck. Everybody get everybody. I'm I'm just like, it's disappointing because the game is half baked, but the story and the plot are really cool. And it is the plot is so serious and so racially charged and um so dynamic for a video game that it's really being underserved by everything else around it in the game um the game's crashing me five or six times Jesus. Uh, this is so disappointing this yeah, is the like, one i'm like, so excited for shooting is off sometimes i'm clearly fucking shooting guys in the head the bullets are not like not registering there's like weird like you know there's weird i guess um hit boxes on the enemies uh sometimes like the, the whole quest structure is fucking obtuse like you, you get these side quests that are in perpetuity. For instance, I had to go run weed for Cassandra from the bayou, like up to her warehouses. It ca- it tells you to keep doing that. I keep going back to this this weed thing, and it, it, the boat's not there that I'm supposed to hijack over and over again. And I'm like, I think it's because I've maxed out my rackets, but the game doesn't tell me that. It just gives me the option. It's still there on the map, but oh, I'm like, the annoying. boat's not there. Yeah, that's super annoying. So like, why is this here? So in other words, um, I want to beat it because I, the reason I'm playing and I'm playing it so meticulous is because I really like Mafia and I like that series and. I want to see it through and I like I like the story. I think the story is fantastic. If people one day can stitch together the whole story on a fucking YouTube video, it's probably better than, you know, worth so do I think it's worth playing? Uh maybe, but you have to have a lot of caveats and it's certainly not worth $6. Gotcha. So like, you know, I'd wait for people to, you know, I'd wait to to for, you know, I jumped on the grenade for all of you. Some people out there are going to like it, but I, I mean, I'm seeing a lot yeah, of the same be, complaints. It's just boring. It's I just contrived I, and weird. Like, it, there's just so many better games like this. It's funny because I saw Marty tweet about it. I guess he might be reviewing it for IGN. He said something like he's 25 hours in. He's enjoying the story, enjoying the game. And like his the complaint he called out in the tweet, of course, just a tweet, was uh, that it's mind-boggling. There's no fast travel in the game or something. Yeah, there's no fast travel in the game. The game is pretty huge. Like, you go into the bayou a lot. See, this is what's cool about the game is... A lot of the crime takes place in the bayou. Like they're running drugs from Haiti and from Cuba, like smuggling things from Cuba. There, they're like they have uh, 
there's like a whole racket of people that are like use chemicals to like get rid of bodies and shit. There's like a whole like a lot of cool things in the game. And so you're constantly going down there and then all the way back up the map. And it is annoying, but I understand maybe why that doesn't exist. I, I don't know. It's just it's just half baked. Like and, and that sucks. the important thing to know about Mafia Three is that, you know, the guys that were making Mafia Two were making Mafia Three and then that studio was canned and it seems like they just started the game again. So this maybe wasn't, I don't know for sure, but it wasn't maybe made in a lot of time or they kind of scrapped it together. When two studios are working on a game and one's working on it for the first half and the other's working on the second half, it doesn't typically work out very well. So um, it's fine. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not even okay. It's just, it has a, 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 a bunch of technical issues. I've been, my cover's been blown because the circle button, to st- by the way, that's the other thing. The, the brutal, the takedowns just with my knife, I've killed hundreds of people in this way over yeah. and over again. Um, it's just, it's just not a satisfying game. I don't feel like it's not like Far Cry or something like that where I'm like when I take over a compound, I'm like really had to work for that or whatever. It's just from it's what, just the same thing over and over. What you're talking about, about it, it sounds. It, what, I mean, the way you described it sounds like a mid tier PS3 open world game. You know what I mean? Where I remember like and I, this is, uh, Wheelman. You know, jumps to mind, right? I'm just like, all right, well, whatever. I'm going back. I'm doing this. I'm doing, I mean, Wheelman was bad, but there, you know what I mean in terms of like. I'm just going to milk the system over and over again, whether it be I'm running drugs, whether it be I'm going to stealth attack everybody where I'm going to be. I'm going to run and hide in a bush to get these cops off my ass. Yeah, and it's like, you know, one of the cool ideas that, that they had, I think, which I, I, again, they just botched, is like the idea of like ruining the take of the particular racket so so that it calls them out and then the bosses are called out because they're curious what's going on and then you take them all down. So what I mean by that is like a racket might be making $50,000 worth of, you know, of take and you have to destroy things that they own or kill their people or kill their commanders or whatever. And that's a cool idea, but... It's just like they're just leaving money around. Like there's just stacks of money on a shelf outside and you just take it and that's $250 off the racket. You know, kill this guy, $50 off the racket. But then I blow up these barrels, $10,000 off the racket. They had all the and, money in and, barrels. And the weird thing is that there's way too much shit to do to get the money down. So there's like, a, a, I just did this thing where I'm like, uh, there's these guys running guns and you have to go destroy their gun shipments. And there's like four of them, but you only really need to go to one of them and then a little bit of the second one to take the money all the way down. And then if you go and report that stuff, it's like, well, we'll remove the rest of the shit and you could just proceed with the story. I'm like, no, but there might be money or interesting things there. And I go, but there's nothing there. I just, the game's not well designed. Like, yeah. and it's a shame because someone is like, I have these five great ideas. The cops are not going to respond to you if you're in a black neighborhood. That you got to really whittle these guys' money's money's down so that you you call them out and you can commit. Uh, we have this really cool stealth system and and uh, the music's great and all, that, but nothing is like executed right. That sucks. And so it's not bad. It's not like I said. It's not bad. It's not even okay. It's just like Mafia Two had these glaring issues, but the story was great. Mafia Three has these glaring issues, but the story was great. It's like okay, really. And Mafia Two came out six years ago. Yeah. So I just I just feel like Mr. Buyer beware, man. That's yeah. all I'm saying. All right. Uh, Five hours I spent with Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. Much more positive. Oh, Tomb Raider's awesome. Tomb Raider's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I said to you on the from the outset when I was playing it, poor man's Uncharted. Absolutely stand by that. But that's really like comparing uh, platinum to gold or something like that, right? Like, sure. Um, the, when you play, when you get spoiled playing Naughty Dog games and you're playing a game that is trying to copy a Naughty Dog game in some respects, which it clearly is, and that's, there's no... Storytelling, there's no, there's, for sure, yeah. There's no shame in that. Yeah. You notice the little things that are missing, that the, the, the animations are a little yeah, off, yeah. it doesn't look as good, it's not as well written, it's, you know, it's a little off in all those respects. I mean, I But think, man, I love the fucking hook. 
you know oh yeah i mean well then you know how much i love tomb raider and i, I you know i'm only i'm super i mean i beat rise of tomb raider on xbox one but then it started i've started it here on playstation 4 but it's what we talk about when you're talking about like we when we talked about uh spider-man and why that's my most anticipated you know upcoming exclusive right is the fact that it's somebody getting to buckle down on one system and when i put it on uh, playstation 4 rise of tomb raider even that opening cutscene when you're climbing up the mountain or whatever i was like this looked better on xbox one last year you know what i mean it's just the fact that now they're trying to get it everywhere i bet so they can't have eyes look exactly right and they can't have this look right. exactly right but i like the idea you know and i don't want I, you know i know uncharted kind of did but not really i like the I, I what i like about rise of the tomb raider and it switches those open environments of coming into and then fuck collectibles everywhere it's like the opposite of what you're talking about collectibles at, in, in mafia collectibles everywhere i can go get this i'm gonna dig up some coins i'm gonna get my greek maxed out i'm gonna run around and do all these different things and then progress with the story that's the thing is that we were talking about with mafia 3 and with hangar 13 a bunch of half-baked ideas with yeah. with crystal and with with tomb raider a bunch of really good ideas and, and i can see that formula I'm, I'm running around the abandoned Soviet, the big abandoned soviet base right now it's where i am so i'm four or five hours in the game i don't know yeah and uh that's that's the point. You look at a mural, right? The mural gives you language skills. Then you find you have to you read this thing. You don't have the language skills. You find the other things. You go back. You read it. That's how you that's how you design a game. Yeah. Right. Like that makes sense. It makes you feel like you're progressing and doing something. You're finding you're changing notes. the world. And not only are you changing the world, the world's changing you. You're getting influenced by it. So I mean, it's clear as day. I have not gotten through Tomb Raider. Maybe Tomb Raider turns into a fucking action or an adventure game somewhere through. Or maybe it turns into a puzzle game. I have no idea. But assuming it's the same fucking it's the game, same thing the whole way through. And it's awesome. uh, yeah. that, and I'm being facetious, of course. But assuming it's the same thing, I mean, your money is much better spent with Tomb Raider than it is with Mafia. I can say that with absolute certainty. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I really, really liked what I played at Tomb Raider. I think it's really cool. I think Lara Croft's an interesting character in this. Um, I think she's been an interesting character in some of the previous. Oh, but the stuff Crystal's doing with her mm-hmm. has been on another level. I agree that Lara has been interesting from the get go, but I think when Crystal rebooted it and came at it with this Camilla Luddington version from original Tomb Raider to now Rise of the Tomb Raider, I'm way more invested in her in terms of a story level and who she is and what she's doing, why she's doing it. And right. I think the motivation of Rise of the Tomb Raider being that she's trying to continue her father's work, right? And also that she got bit by the bug of Tomb Raiding in the first one, because that was not what she was really setting out to do. What she, you know, she bit off more than she could chew there. It's cool. I I, I, uh, I I dig that game. I think it's really cool. I'm looking for. See, I want to get through Mafia. I'm trying to get through Mafia, and I'm trying not to cut any corners. Like I want to play Mafia the yeah. way I play Mafia, um, and uh, so it's going to take me a little bit more time to do that. But uh, with this particular game, I'm looking forward to getting back to Tomb Raider because I, I really think that it's that a special game. I mean, and this is old news. People I played on Xbox One, but I, I didn't. So yeah. Um, and then uh, I messed around with some VR games. Uh, Super Hypercube w- oh, yeah. is, is awesome. Yeah. Super Hypercube, uh, it's like hole in the wall. That fucking, exactly. You know, Spin so, the shape, yeah. get it through the hole, and but, it gets harder and harder and harder. But from that perspective, it's cool. Like the game, looking around. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I like. I, I I dig that game. It put a smile on my face when I was playing it. So I, for people that are picking up PSVR later this week, yeah, um, definitely give that a look. I, I think that that's worth a look. Uh, Thumper is really cool. Kind of a, a more abstract music game. I think they call it a music violence game or some, some, mm-hmm. something weird like that. It's uh so it's not it's it is a music game but it's it's different you guys will see when you guys play it but I, I thought that that was a a pretty nifty game and then I I I finally messed around with the PlayStation VR worlds or whatever so I, I played uh, what do uh, you think of that it's cool like the 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 um you know I, that that the going down into the shark tank or whatever descent descent yeah, yeah. I played that a long time ago and, and cool. that's the thing it's like that's the one that I feel I still feel like is tech demos and I understand that get you know getaway gotta keep calling it getaway every time now I understand that the heist or whatever is longer but it's still like. All right, cool. I'm behind a desk. The one, the one game that's fucking cool, and and I was reading Jim Sterling's review of, of this particular package. He didn't like it very much, but he and I agree that the one, I, I got, I wish I remember the name of the mini game. The one thing that should be its own game is the head where you use your head to hit the ball back yeah. and forth. No, that no, game's Tim, fucking rad. No, Tim did the last play of it. He's a big fan of that. He was talking about. Um, yeah. And 
there's something um, genetic about that game to me where it's like, this is Pong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 100%. But we were talking about when we were, especially on the Gamescast, about, I was making the, the point that people are really looking at PSVR and, or VR generally and judging it based on what we're seeing now as if this isn't the first foray into a new environment for games. And it's kind of funny, and I don't think maybe unintentional, that they're launching with Pong, just as games were really launched as we know them in a the commercial sense with Pong. Um, and so I dig it. You know, I like that. So I'm really more excited. You know, PSV- the thing about PSVR, just have, have having it for a while and moving it around is it's a pain in the ass to move around. Other than that. You mean it, between houses? Yeah. Okay, like, or yeah, just yeah. A, it's like there's so many fucking chords and things. It's obnoxious. It's staying exactly where it is yeah, from yeah. now on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mess around with those few VR experiences and I really enjoy those as well. But did you I, and I don't know, Eve Valkyrie, I've been off email threads. Does that come through? Do we? No, have, we, ha- we got rigs and a few others, but I haven't here. They lie and stuff, but I have not even gotcha. downloaded any of those. Yep. Gotcha. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO. It is kind of funny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday, rain or shine at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. So please go to kind of funny.com, like all the videos, share them with your friends, subscribe to the YouTube channels, leave reviews on iTunes, all that fucking shit. Don't forget, of course. Extra Life is coming up really quickly. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash extra life. Learn how to join the Kind of Funny Extra Life team. Help us raise money for sick kids. Or if you don't want to play games for 24 hours, you could just sponsor one of us and give some money to, for us to us to give it to the sick kids and try to beat our records last year because we did really well. Colin. Yes. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. Time for some singular possessive news. There are nine items on the list. Baker's does it. Uh, number one, Gravity Rush 2 has officially been delayed, though only by five weeks or so. The PlayStation 4 exclusive was set to come out in early December, but the delay has pushed the release date to January 20th, 2017, primarily, it seems, to give the game room to breathe on the market. And a post on the PlayStation blog, the game's director, Kichiro Toyama, said in the following, quote, In July, we announced a release date for Gravity Rush 2 that we felt most appropriate for the title. Since then, though production is proceeding smoothly, the landscape for the release date has changed dramatically. Gravity Rush 2 is the conclusion of Cat's journey, so we want players to have enough time to dive deep into her story. In addition, as a lot of work went into the online features that allow for asynchronous player interaction, we want as many people as possible playing the title at the same time. Thus, after careful deliberation, we've decided to change the release date. Gravity Rush 2 will now launch on January 20th, 2017. I would like to apologize to all those players anxiously awaiting Gravity Rush 2. After four years of development making a title we are very proud of, we want to release it for the, at the very best time. In exchange for the longer wait, we have decided to release the premium DLC plan for the title free of charge. This additional story will take place in the world of Gravity Rush 2, and we think fans will have a lot of fun playing through it. The End conclusion quote. of Cat's story in its second outing. Yep. All right. Why don't we call yeah. it that? I wasn't really... If, it's more of a, it's more news really, that that's the last cat game you already. Is anyone saying. really looking for the beginning or conclusion of Cat's story to begin with? I bet FKN what delays was he wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question read, and he says, <coughs> "Whoa, hey guys, Jesus Christ!" After Sony's third delay in a little over a month, just think about how absurd that is. I'm here for another rant. So here's the thing: I can understand the delay for Gravity Rush 2. The used wording 
makes it pretty <laughs> the used wording makes it pretty apparent that they want to get away from Final Fantasy 15 as well as The Last Guardian, which I don't think is a bad decision. Unfortunately, this delay really is just part of a bigger problem. So I'm left asking, Sony, how the fuck do you first announce four games for one holiday season and then delay every single one of them, parentheses, one game even in true poly- poly- polyphony digital fashion to 2017, I guess, but you can't really tell me exactly when. In parentheses. I don't want to use that word because it seems like me as an outsider harshly simplifying the situation, but this is really starting to reek of incompetence. That or Sony just doesn't give a fuck about releasing games during the holidays, in which case I would have a message for them. You might be able to pull this in 2016, but if you try to go into holiday 2017 against the Scorpio and the NX with nothing but, hey guys, we have COD maps early again, then you're going to bomb hard. So make sure you have some heavy hitters actually coming out in the last three months of 2017, or else you won't even be in the conversation during the holidays that year. Anyway, guys, what do you think about this whole delay situation? And what do you think 2017 Emphasis will look added. like? Fucking uh, delays. He's right. Um, it's, do you think it's incompetence? Uh, yeah. But I also think that... I also think that... I got to give it to him for this one, for, to, to Sony. They're not bullshitting around. They're saying, like, the game's going to get buried, and we all know that, so we're just moving. And it's going to be done. Yeah. But we're, and it's probably done now, but we're, we're, we're moving it. Because... Final Fantasy 15 is coming out four days beforehand or five days beforehand and The Last Guardian inexplicably even though we fucking published both of them they were originally going to come out three days apart from each other and that's just a name so <laughs> so they were like well we can't possibly delay The Last Guardian again I wish they would because it would be funny but yeah. they, they can't possibly do that so they're going to just delay Gravity Rush and, and sacrifice that but he's right Horizon was supposed to come out this year Gran Turismo was supposed to come out this year you know it's 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 getting kind of silly um, well we have a follow up question not as angry. Okay. Sneath writes in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question read. It says, with the recent news of Gravity Rush 2 being delayed, and of course, just about every other exclusive this fall, I was wondering if we are seeing a shift in the ideal release window for a game. I understand the delays are now part of the industry, but I think there is something to be said about the 2017 winter lineup of exclusives. Do you think this is strategic on Sony's part? Could it B, that fall is no longer the most successful season for games. Thanks for all you do, Alex. It's possible. I mean, I so, I mean, w- let's answer the first thing first. Sure. Gravity Rush 2, de- I, so I'm giving it to them. Gravity Rush, delaying Gravity Rush 2 is smart, smart. and I would have done the same exact thing. The thing is, is that they published Gravity Rush 2 and they published The Last Guardian, so they didn't need to fucking move their release dates around like that. Yeah, you know? so your point, but, of the inc- the point to your is- point of the incompetence is that they someone somewhere saw both these dates and why didn't they think about this six months ago and right, not right now? Right, it's it's absolutely the dumbest shit I've heard in a long time. But And I think we can all agree on that. I don't think that's a really controversial thing to say. Uh, but the thing is, is that they couldn't move The Last Guardian any further into December. They were running out of time and space with that game and they needed to give it more time and space. Uh, so they were, they were shit out of luck. But the main thing he's saying is right, the first question, in that they just are fucking up over and over again in the holiday season. Yeah. That's our perception, right? Uncharted, missed. The Order, thankfully, missed, right? Grand Turismo, missed. Horizon, missed. Infamous, missed. Drive Club, delayed a year. Then still broken when it came out. Okay, good. Everyone's doing great work. Now, you know, we haven't had really a, a good, robust first party lineup since the, the console launched in the holiday season, which is which is like knack, which wasn't very good, but kill zone, etc. Sure. Um Resogun. Resogun, of not course. first party, but exclusive. Yeah. 
So I, I understand the anger because I think it's a, the anger a lot of gamers are experiencing right now. To, per, per the second question, it's possible. It doesn't matter anymore. The it's anger, possible. The anger, I understand the anger. I remember being on the outside, being a kid, I'm using it loosely, but you know, where I would ask for games for Christmas, right? The ones that I wanted but didn't save up for or couldn't buy at the thing. I understand wanting to get those Christmas gifts out of the way or holiday gifts out of the way. But does the holiday season matter anymore? I mean, because what we've talked about now for what three consecutive years two consecutive years is the fact that why was sony worried about the holiday when they continue to sell playstation 4's hands over fist yeah, it's, it's, it's not affecting po- their bottom line at all it's entirely possible i think that i think that they might have data compelling data that indicates to them like what P- ps4 players are going to buy consoles for and what they're interested in right now it's call of duty it's battlefield uh titanfall final fantasy 15 yeah the all of these games are on xbox um and to an extent pc but they uh really seem probably to, to live most on PS4 in terms of units being sold and consoles being sold. So they might see their stuff and be like, we're not really feeling stressed out by this because, yeah, ideally, I, I, in other words, what I'm saying is they look at this and they're like, yeah, we would have loved to have had Horizon in November. That would have been great. But we're not really that worried about sure, it. Sure, it's going to sell know? no matter what. So uh, I don't think that they're delaying games despite anyone. And I don't think that I don't think the the calendar is is being altered permanently what i think is that it's just a result uh we're seeing so many promising games coming out in 2017 because they're just delayed i think what we're seeing is developers not ready for not re- these games are not ready for prime time like they're taking longer to make um, people getting used to the hardware still still trying to make it work and, and the, not and have the, a drive and, and it's escalating again. the war is escalating we're gonna get into that in a little while as well in AAA development so like yeah microsoft has gears of war 4 which we're excited about we're about right after this we're gonna play it um but uh in a rare co-op cooperative kind of thing going on. This is on. what I like to call the precursor to us taking on Overcooked because right. you got to help me get that last trophy. Right. We got to warm up with something. So yeah, I, I, I see where everyone's coming from. I think there's some truth in what people are saying. I think that Sony has fucked up with the holidays, but I also think to this, like I said, to, this, to the second point, it just might not matter. I think yeah. we're going to find out. He's right though. In 2017, holiday 2017, they do need to have heavy hitters because they are going to be dealing with a third competitor in Nintendo now and Microsoft's going to have their new console um, and whatever the fuck that is. But I think that you're going to have probably two big games that, that holiday. My, my, my assumption is Detroit and probably God of War or something like that are going to come mm, out. Mm. And I would say that Days Gone is probably first half. You know, so... Sure. So... Um, Maybe even summer. Yeah. Like, why not? For Horizon and the... You have in your spring. Days Gone yep. summer when it can make an impact when there's not as much competition. And then, like, God of Detroit, War and Detroit. God of War, yeah, yeah. Detroit and October, God of War in November, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I Don't can see put them out on the same day. I can see a world where that happens, and then, and then the year after that, you have Spider-Man, maybe Q1 or Q2, and then you have Death Stranding, maybe Q3 or Q4, plus whatever hasn't Last been announced yet. Uh, yeah, no, whatever Naughty Dogs were. I mean, you know, we don't know what Sucker Punch is doing, etc. So I get it. I understand. Number two. It looks like Mass, and, Mass Effect Andromeda's release date has leaked, though we're still waiting for a confirmation, confirmation from publisher Electronic Arts as of the time this podcast is recording. According to a pre-order listing for the Dark Horse published art book for the game, the release date of Andromeda is March 21st, 2017, mm. which fits in with the timing given by EA for the launch of the game. I think they said, you know, in the first quarter. The reason this date seems convincing is because the art book is scheduled to come out that day, and the book's description on Amazon happily notes that the book launches, quote, simultaneously with the game, end ah. quote. So it seems like we have a release date. Just to double check here, uh, let's see. March seventeenth is a Friday, so that makes worldwide sense. It's a release, worldwide release, a mafia yep. release date. Um, so I believe it, but we do not have confirmation on this. Here's yet. the question: We've talked about Mass Effect a lot. We want this game. We're excited for the franchise. Are you concerned that it's that close and we haven't seen anything real from it? Or is that good? Because we always talk about like, oh man, Fallout did such a great job with it. Red Dead could it. come out. Okay, it okay. is a different studio now, yeah. but I think this is smart. You know, I, I think that. I think that, well, it's October, so November, December, January, February. I mean, we're looking at five months, right? 
it's cool that we don't know anything about it really. Yeah. Um, so N7 day or whatever the fuck, that's November 7th, I think, right? Yeah. It's coming up. We can have all sorts of ways that they can leak this 100%, information out. 100%. Uh, my assumption is that we'll know in November what, what's going on with the game. I don't I don't think it's a necessarily a bad sign, but I do understand the trepidation considering that it's not Bioware Edmonton that is making the game. So, um, And there's a whole different team on it. Like yeah. A whole different yeah, leadership Casey's team. Gone Casey's also, gone, yeah, so I understand the trepidation. It seems like the game's been incubating for a long time, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mass Effect 3 came out in 2012, so uh, five-year distance between the games, especially when it's a rebooting of the trilogy. We're not a rebooting, so that's really not putting it right. It's a uh, it's moving away from the trilogy and rebooting what Mass Effect might be. I think it's smart to, to give it a little distance, but am I concerned about it? Mm, not really, but I wasn't concerned about Mafia 3. That's true. Number three. Bethesda and Sony have figured out whatever issues there were, and modding is officially coming to both Skyrim Special Edition on PlayStation 4 and PS4's version of Fallout 4. Both games will also be patched to take advantage of PlayStation 4 Pro. Bethesda announced the unexpected news on its official website, stating, quote, We're excited to announce that mod support is coming to PlayStation 4 for both Skyrim Special Edition and Fallout 4. Additionally, we'll also be supporting the new PlayStation 4 Pro with both titles. Skyrim will have these features when it launches on October 28th. The new power of the PlayStation 4 Pro has allowed us to make Skyrim render in native 4K and it looks better than ever. Mod support will come to Skyrim first. We and Sony have worked hard to make this possible. Mods on PlayStation 4 will allow you to modify and create your own content by using our creation kit. You will not be able to upload external assets with your PlayStation 4 mods, but you will be able to use any asset that comes with the game as most mods do. We are excited finally to get modding to our PlayStation fans who have supported us for so long. Modding has been an important part of our games for over 10 years, and we hope to do even more in the coming year for all of our players, regardless of platform. After the work is complete on Skyrim, we'll be updating Fallout 4 for both mods and PS4 Pro. We expect Fallout 4 to take advantage of the PS4 Pro in 4K, along with enhanced lighting and graphics features. End quote. Were we just quietly watching them air their dirty laundry in public? Just Bethesda being like, we're fucking done with you guys, whatever. We're going to tell the world how we think this is going down and put all the pressure on you. Yeah, I think it's. I think they played it absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that there's a caveat in there. I don't know if I, like we, you can't, there's Upload no external assets, assets yeah, for yeah, instance, yeah. and stuff like that. So there was a problem, but sure. they, they, they did figure it, figure it out. And I think that's very wise of them to do that, especially 100%. because Bethesda's, you know, talking up the PlayStation audience very much, but the PlayStation audience hated Bethesda for an entire generation. So it's good that they're getting, you know, especially with Skyrim, which was just totally botched on PlayStation three and, you know, just don't leave the doors already remembers, right? Yeah, just put everything back on the shelf exactly where you found them. Don't leave any doors open. The game's gonna run great. Mm. Uh, so they need to they need to play nice with the PlayStation audience, and I understand their frustration, and I'm glad that they figured it out. I know a lot of people are excited about that Skyrim special edition, um, and if you know Fallout Four is still sitting there, I played it for 25 hours, and I never went back to it. Maybe maybe the uh, the mods will get me to go back to it. Not. Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. You're not going back to it. Number four. Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc, and Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair, two games that found a cult following on PlayStation Kuma are officially coming to PlayStation 4 early next year. Word comes by way of publisher NIS, which announced that Danganronpa 1 and 2 Reload, a collection of the first two games, is PS4 bound in early 2017. This makes sense, as word is Danganronpa 3 will be on both PS4 and Vita from the get-go. So this is a nice little way to, you know, my assumption Danganronpa 3 fall. So, um... Danganronpa and Danganronpa 2 actually came out forever ago on PSP in Japan. So of course, been, yeah. this has been incubating for a while. What's, but but I'm, I'm excited to see how this is received on PS4 because these games, I don't want to mince words here, are fucking awesome. What's so interesting really for cool. me is the fact that I would have, I, 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 and I, maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not, we didn't go to business school, we always say. I would have held off on this to give Danganronpa 3 on PlayStation 4 a better chance at better, even, even greater sales. Because I feel like this is a Persona situation where the lead-up to Persona 4 Golden, 
enough people had been turned on to the franchise of Persona and were talking about how great it was that when we finally got Golden, that was so many people's entry points. So many people jumped down and were like, man, this is fucking amazing. And that put Persona, I feel, on another level that now we're at Persona 5 where if you didn't play it on Vita, which a lot of people didn't, obviously, you're even... You're fucking losers. Dorks. You're hyped for, the, you're hyped for Persona 5. I feel like this could have been the same situation where Danganronpa... I, it gets talked about a fucking lot. You know what I mean? And, and I'm talking about in our Western audience, not even leaving Japan out of it where you go over and there's Mama Kumas everywhere. I'm talking about like when we go to conventions and you see people dressed as Mama Kuma and you bring up Danganronpa. He knows it's Monokuma, by the way. He just I do, yeah. I just, I just do it to get on big old Colin Moriarty's <laughs> nerves over here. But uh, it's one of those... I think I think that if you would have just had this is your only chance to get on PlayStation 4, you would have seen greater sales personally. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think it is... It's. The target and the bread and butter is going to be people like yourself who already played it and want to just play it again. Oh, I can't it. wait. Yeah. I, and, and it's so funny because I was talking to Erin recently about she she likes these more story-driven, you know, she was playing Virginia a little bit. She's like, she, I, I find her playing her PlayStation 4 without me. I, I log Did in. Did you buy her one yet? No, not yet. Come I, on, Colin. I, I, we just haven't really. I, I'd like to. I, I will. Um, but we've, uh, you know, I go by on my PS4, um, which I left to sleep or I was just turning on and her name was, is for, I'm like, Oh, you, what are you, what are you like? What are you doing? You right, know? Right. And, uh, I was telling her about these particular games. She doesn't really want to play on Vita. So, uh, I was excited. About, I was excited about this, um, for that. Here's the, here's the, uh, the other side of this the argument rub. I think that you're making is that I don't know that it matters when they release them because people are going to buy them. They're going to be interested in what I think would be really the smart play. It might be the calculuses. Say Danganronpa 3 is November 2017. October 2017, Danganronpa 1 and 2 are free now on PS Plus. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you've made your money in the beginning. You don't have to sell them again. You want people to play Danganronpa 3, make it free. And uh, and and I think that there's some calculus in, in the that thing about as well. it is I feel I understand your calculus and I agree with you. I think you might first off alienate the people who bought it right away. But then also I think that Danganronpa, not a game for everybody. And I think there's enough people who would jump into three tr- to try it, not realizing it wasn't for them, that if they got it for free, even if they get it in this collection, they're like, oh, this wasn't really my Oh, it's my too own. good. It's too good for me. Danganronpa, this Danganronpa 1 and 2, too good. Can't these, play Danganronpa All this Danganronpa fucking three. text. Too funny, too all well written. All this fucking text to read. Monokuma, too good of a character. Number five. It sounds like Sony is bullishly moving forward with PlayStation VR iterations, at least according to an interview IGN conducted with PlayStation's Sean Layden. And there's a typo here. Where's Richard Marks? Where are you hiding? Layden told Endless Summer Nights Richard Marks or Dr. Richard Marks? Dr. Richard Marks. Layden told the, uh, the site that Sony is, quote, constantly iterating and innovating our hardware among, uh, almost the minute that we delivered the first, Ellipsis. When you deliver unit A, A prime is already in design. You, look, you can look at the first generation of the product and see the future about where you want to go, end quote. Layden notes that, quote, there are certain technologies that we need to incorporate, end quote, into future PlayStation VR revisions in addition to, quote, certain technologies that don't exist yet, end quote. So that's exciting. And I feel like um, there's a lot of it seems like, you know, Jim Sterling did an interesting video. I encourage people to, to go watch about how why he doesn't like VR and why VR he doesn't he thinks is a gimmick and it's bullshit. And he compares it to motion controls and all that kind of stuff and and connect. And I don't see it that way. And I don't want to go further into that because I've talked about it so much. You guys can listen to the games cast or whatever. Or but it seems like though. there's a lot of people rooting against this technology. and I don't really quite understand that. Um and I'm not saying Jim's one of them. I'm just saying generally that the people just seem to be rooting against technology. I don't understand. Um, but I really do believe that this technology is uh, here to stay. And uh, whether or not it's this ubiquitous thing, I don't know. But um, I'm glad that they're bullishly doing it. I still think Sony is very wise to get in on this. I really do believe that. So where's the Vita 2? You're so bullish. Release it, Layden. We know it exists. Send it to us. Two triggers. 
Number six, it sounds like Amy Hennig was working a whole lot when she was at Naughty Dog crafting the Uncharted trilogy, as well as the original version of Uncharted 4. Games Industry International related an interview Hennig gave and gave uh, an Idle Thumbs podcast in which she discussed the arduous situation at Naughty Dog in terms of hours worked and personal sacrifice. She had a lot to say, and here it is. So I've actually kept the story open on my browser here. Because this is this is there's a lot to say here. The story is by Matthew Handrahan at Games Industry. Made up name. And I want to read the whole thing if I can, because I think it's very interesting. It says, with a CV that includes Crystal Dynamics, Naughty Dog, and now Electronic Arts, Amy Hennig has worked in AAA console development for more than 20 years, but reaching that cutting edge and staying there demands significant personal sacrifice, and Hennig believes that AAA industry has reached the point where something's got to give. In a long and fascinating interview with Idle Thumbs Designer Notes podcast, Hennig described the darker aspects of what has otherwise been a glittering career. Many, th- many, many think of crunch as a declining problem in the industry, but Hennig's recollections are as recent as Uncharted 3 and Naughty Dog, which launched in 2011. Quote, Uncharted 3 was hard because even though we had two years again, it was two years after two projects that were a crunch. And it was a time when we were also trying to grow the studio and split into two teams and deal with all the recruitment issues that went into that and try to figure out what to do in the face of the success of the second game, and still only have two years with all those challenges. It was a tough one. End quote. While not every factor that Hennig mentioned were essential to making Uncharted 3, the need to grow and expand while still meeting a rigid production schedule will be familiar to many AAA console studios. In addition to this, Hennig said generating new ideas became more difficult with each new game, and each new game brings more scrutiny from an ever-growing number of opinionated stakeholders. As a director and therefore one of the most senior members on the team, Hennig recalled still working on the previous game, quote, you know, bug fixing or whatever, writing the strategy guide, end quote, when others were returning from their vacations, quote, all refreshed and ready to go, end quote. When Soren Johnson, the designer of Offworld Trading Company and the host of the podcast, asked Hennig how difficult AAA development was on a personal level, Hennig replied, quote, really hard. The whole time I was at Naughty Dog, 10 and a half years, I probably, on average, I don't know if I ever worked less than 80 hours a week. There were exceptions where it was like, okay, let's take a couple of days off, but I pretty much worked seven days a week, at least 12 hours a day, end quote. And the seven-day working schedule wasn't limited to people on Hennig's level. Johnson posited that weekend work wasn't generally the same and asked how much of Naughty Dog's team would be present, quote, a lot of it. I mean, Naughty Dog is pretty notorious for the amount of crunch, but obviously in a leadership role, you try to do even more, end quote. This is particularly revealing given that in an interview earlier this year, Uncharted 4 director Neil Druckmann said that the crunch partially informed the themes at the heart of the game. Last year, an IGDA survey showed that increased awareness of crunch as an issue hadn't prevented two-thirds of developers from working under those conditions. While Hennig admitted that she wouldn't change anything that meant she hadn't made games like the Uncharted series, she admitted to having a clearer view of the issue when looking at the experiences of other people. When asked if making AAA games was worth the lifestyle that goes along with it, she replied, quote, I don't think so, end quote. Um, And then she goes on to say, quote, there's people who never go home and see their families. They have children who are growing up without seeing them. I didn't have my own kids. I chose my own career in a lot of ways, and I could be single-minded like that. When I was making sacrifices, did it affect my family? Yes, but it was me. But I'm sorry, but it was primarily affecting me, and I can make that choice. But when I look at other people, I mean, my health really declined, and I had to take care of myself because I was, like, bad. And there were people who collapsed or had to go check themselves in somewhere when one of those games were done or they got divorced. That's not okay, any of that. None of that is worth that. We have to get our act figured out as an industry, and the problem is that the ante keeps getting upped. It's an arms race that is unwinnable and is destroying people, end quote. And then she asks, quote, how can we make games like this in a way that is sane and responsible and ethical because we're not doing it right now, end quote. And uh, yeah, there's more. I mean, there's a lot more here. You need to read it. It's a great article. It super is a really somber, interesting article here, super but I don't somber. want to go too much. I mean, it. you could go listen to the podcast as well. Throw idle, idle thumbs some mm-hmm. downloads. Uh, obviously, a hot topic. Over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Weedle Feast. 
face, wheel face, right? And it says, recently, Amy did an interview with Idle Thumbs during when I spoke out about all this stuff. I can't help but feel like there has to be some sort of solution if the industry doesn't want to drive its leading talents away forever. My question to you is this. What do you think, if any anything the games industry as a whole could do to lessen the amount of stress stress put on developers should they charge more for their games in hopes it will resort in more money to hire more staff is it an issue with the development cycles and the expansion of studios that should have a new AAA game every few years or is it just the nature of the beast Weedleface? we're not developers important to put out there we've never run a studio i feel in my with what i know and the developers we know and the people we get to talk to about crunching it behind you know curtain access to and even amy being super honest in this i feel this is one of the holdovers from what games used to be i feel like crunch time made sense and was okay when you were working on these games that had a a shorter development cycle when it was it's what she's talking about the fact that it is an arms race and it is all especially you're talking about naughty dog but you're talking about crystal dynamics who puts that rise of tomb raider but we immediately compare to naughty dog or anybody else who's being compared to anybody else in the field it is this thing where everybody is in this to make art and they are in this to make the best game possible and they want it to be a game that wins awards and looks great on the resume and is a worthwhile product for the years of their life and the hours of their life they've poured into it. And that's where it gets off track is the fact that when it was crunch time on a simpler game, when it was a PS2 game, you were flipping games faster, the, you know, a year and a half to make a game was plenty of time and you were doing different things there. It didn't seem like it was that crazy to do. And from what I've when talking to people, when you talk about the good old days of game de- development, but the problem is you're coming up with, uh, people right now who are making games like this or watchdogs or whatever technical showpiece they want to make next and they're still trying to do it the way the old guard did it if that makes sense and I think in the same way uh, you see in the game's press side of it people like us break away right and do our own thing and we're gonna we're not gonna do what everybody else does which is either stay here and burn out and quit or go into PR or get promoted we're gonna go make our own thing you see that with indie games, but how that's going to reflect out on the AAA games, I don't have an answer for yet. I don't know how to change that because it does come down to there is a uh, there are shareholders for EA and Activision as a board of directors, and these people are the ones who are talking about the fiscal quarter and how this works, and then keeping the artistic people who want to make something awesome on the schedule. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a multifaceted and complicated issue that we don't quite grasp because we're not in the in the trenches. But I do think that I, I, and I was saying, talking about this on Colin and Greg last week, which was. I think part of it has to be mismanagement. Like, I just refuse to believe, I refuse, refuse to believe that you cannot make a game in three years at a AAA level and, and, and level it all out and schedule it all so that it ends in three years. I refuse to believe that, that that's not possible. Now, I understand the argument against that argument, which is that, like, you're a creator, it's art, it's not like math or something like that, so there's no right or wrong answer necessarily, and as the game develops, you see problems, and then it's never done, right? Like, yeah. and you just put it out where it is, and that's fine. But, but like, you have to kind of, ha- within the confines of things, like, work like other industries work. I'm not going to say that movies aren't delayed, I'm not going to say that books aren't delayed, I'm not going to say that th- things aren't complicated, I just think that there's a massive mismanagement problem with directors and producers in this industry at a triple A level because otherwise do you think it's, they're giving too much slack to people? I don't know. I I, I don't, I this don't know all the game developers know. I know are very hardworking and industrious people. So I don't know that anyone's slacking. I just think that they're biting off more than they can chew or, I the, mean, or the release dates aren't, aren't, are, are too flexible or whatever. And to be hundred percent clear, I'm not saying people are slacking off. I'm just saying that somebody's coming in like, Hey, oh, we need three more months cause we could nail this and them going, okay, I believe in you. Let's do it. It's possible. I just feel like that's like, that's, that's, 
there's a problem, but it has to start at the top. The solution has to start at the top to say like, we want the best game out there as uh, we possibly can get. Even in a, even in the post patch world where we can fix things that are wrong, we want to put our best foot forward. But is the Metacritic score of a nine worth the fucking sanity of everyone in the studio, or can we get away with an eight? Yeah, like it's just it's just a, it's just a, it's an it's a you know if you give Spielberg ten years and a billion dollars, I bet you he makes a pretty fucking good movie. But you know what, Spielberg can make a pretty good movie with a fraction of that budget and a fraction of that time. You know. And well, it's still a pretty good Spielberg movie. Don't forget the AI movie. Well, the AI is the exact. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But like, it's it, it's yeah. It's that it, this is the thing though of like what's happening on the other side. I, we don't understand their business. It's the same way we don't understand ours, right? We're like we almost had to delay this episode, not delay the release of it, but delay the recording because Nick changed the camera setting, and so that's for our dumb rinky dink operation. I can only imagine what's happening in Maya when somebody goes through the night before and tweaks something they didn't think to tweak. And then that sets everything back. Yeah. I have no, I have no doubt that it's complicated. A lot of moving parts, right? Like the engineers are working on the engine. The, the artists are working on assets. The the writers are rewriting things and they're, and they're dealing with voice actors in there. You know, the designers are making quests and, and and looking at maps and the multiplayer guys are doing, there's a lot of shit to put in, in a game and they all have to connect to each other. And it's a very, you know, we've, we've had a lot of, great access to studios um watching them make games and and i one of the things i remember the most one of the i think one of the most eye-opening things that i've ever seen um was when sunset overdrive was being made and i got to go to insomniac and walk around and just talk to everyone there and look at the game and and see what everyone's doing and like from a very like kind of like uh embryonic level how everyone's developing the weapons and all these kinds of things and how it all fits together and and it is complicated i'm not saying it's not complicated i'm not saying people people are but what i'm saying is people are working too hard like would we get Uncharted 4 as good as Uncharted 4 was if they didn't kill themselves? Maybe not. But would we know the difference if the arms race wasn't started to begin with? In other mm, words, mm, would we have gotten this a fucking amazing game or would we have gotten this excellent game? And is there really a difference between those two words? And, and what do the qualifiers even mean to begin with? But you understand just, how hard I, that is to talk to a creator about that and have them dial it back. Because, I mean, how many times at IGN or even here do we talk to each other that we're all working too hard? That, sure. You know what I mean, do put in less. You don't need to do that. Da, da, da. Like, no one will know if you're not fixing the YouTube description right now or whatever the hell it is. It's not a perfect situation because I, I fear, I fear a, a, a world where... We don't get those fantastic games, or we don't get The Last of Us. We don't get uh, Uncharted Four. But at the same time, like I, I feel bad for these people, and I know I we know a lot of these game developers personally, and we know game developers that have burned out, you know, and sure. on a personal level. And it's 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 not it's not this abstract talking point for us. We know people that make games, a lot of them, and it's sad to watch that happen to them. And it's sad, you know, we know Amy, and we love Amy, and, and it's sad that she worked so much, you know, like yeah. it is. It's no, just know, know, it is sad, like. Uncharted is fantastic, but 80 hours a week for 10 years? That sucks. Yeah. That fucking sucks. You know, like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that at all. And that's why it seems like she is changing the culture, at least at Visceral. I don't know if the culture was ever like that at Visceral, but they have no, you know, their game is fucking two years out still. And she's been there for two years. So sounds good to me. You know, like, it seems like she's trying to change, like, the kind of the culture a little bit. But I also know how obsessive Amy was. Um, and I, and I, uh, you know, she was, and, and, you know, when I, when I went and talked to her for the history of Naughty Dog and she was working on Uncharted 4, I mean, she had books all over the place, notes, everything. I mean, she's very in, in the trenches and I respect that about her, but you got to take care of yourselves. And, and I, I don't know that it's worth it. That's all I'm saying. It's right they're, they're video games, <laughs> you know, like it's not worth killing yourself over number seven tales of Brazaria. 
the 16th main game in the Tales RPG franchise as an official Western release date. The game will launch on January 24th, 2017 exclusively on PlayStation 4 and PC in the West, and there will be a very expensive collector's edition available for the game if you're interested. The special edition costs $149.99 and comes with the game, a steelbook case, chibi figures, an 8-bit retro keychain set, the game soundtrack, a hardcover version of the game's prequel novel, uh, which is Tale, a a world full of demons, a set of trading cards, and a starter strategy guide art book. Only 10,000 copies will be made available. So if you're interested... Keep an eye out for that. And you know, I am is the biggest Tales fan. What are you excited about with the uh, Tales of Berseria? Like, uh, Mainly it's the book they were talking about there. Getting me a Tales book finally. Mm-hmm. Really digging in yeah. to like what's going on in the background. What's going on in these characters' heads? Because as you know... Which I'm, character specifically oh, do you want to get in <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Old onion head. Old onion. You know what I mean? He's got the white head, little thing coming off it. That's my man. I want to yeah. know what's going on. What invisible cat is he talking to in this game? That's what I want to know. Rolo. Not invisible. Number eight. Ubisoft has officially confirmed, seemingly again, that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is indeed in development. All right, we get it. It's fully owned. Montpelier Studio is working on the game alongside the fledging series original creator, Michelle Ansel. Word comes by way of a simple message on the Beyond Good and Evil Facebook page, which states, quote, If you've been waiting for news about BG&E, well, here you go. We are delighted to confirm that Michelle Ansel is currently working with the Ubisoft Montpelier team, studio, or Montpelier, on a new Beyond Good and Evil game. End quote. Just stop. Just don't. Just don't, don't could, talk about it until you're ready to, to do something I with it. To care. This is like this is a game that never clicked for me. I'm glad people liked it, and I feel like I got to IGN and people were talking about this. Maybe there's going to be a sequel. Maybe this is going to happen. Just stop until there's something to say. Stop it. Number nine. Number nine. Bloodstained Ritual of the... And this is a wrap-up. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, the upcoming spiritual successor to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, under development at any creates, with the help of longtime Castlevania producer Koji Igarashi, has picked up a publisher. 505 Games will handle marketing and distribution of the game when it launches in 2018. Roguelike RPG Toho Genso Wanderer is coming to both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita by way of publisher NIS on February 7, 2017. Frantic 2D shooter slash slasher Earth's Dawn is coming to PS4 on November 1st. Interesting looking RPG Core to the Dead Underworld Rising is coming to PlayStation 4 at an undetermined time in the future. If you're still playing Fat Princess Piece of Cake on Vita, know that the game's servers will be shut down on January 1st. And finally... Wasteland 3, the game discussed on last week's show, is going to website Fig for funding, was fully funded to the tune of $2.75 million in only three days. And that is it for the news. Colin, you know I can't wait for Toho Gungshu Wanderer. <laughs> but it's so far away. If I wanted to know what was coming in mom and crop shops, digital and brick and mortar, where would I go? You go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation VR, and sometimes... PSP software by the kind of funny co-founder. Batman Arkham VR comes out digital and retail. Batman Arkham VR immerses you in the, and this is for PSVR, obviously. Arkham, uh, Batman Arkham VR immerses you in the Dark Knight's universe and redefines what it means to be the Batman. It's here. It, experience, VR is here. Experience Gotham City through the eyes of the world's greatest detective in an all-new Arkham mystery. Think like Batman. Utilize his legendary gadgets in virtual reality to unravel a plot that threatens the lives of Batman's closest allies. It's really good. It was my favorite VR game we did from the nine we did at launch. Battlezone comes to PSVR, digital and retail out the 13th. So strap into the cockpit of the Cobra, humanity's last hope and the most powerful tank ever built, and experience first-person VR combat across neon-scarred sci-fi landscapes in an explosive campaign for one to four players. Drive Club VR comes out for PSVR, digital and retail out the 13th. The roar of the engines, the screech of the tires, the scream of the crowds. Experience the wild rush of high-octane VR racing from behind the wheel of the most powerful high-end cars on the planet. E-Valkyrie comes to PSVR, digital and retail, out the 13th. 
Experience the thrill of being an elite spaceship pilot in the sprawling sci-fi universe of EVE. Join the Valkyrie, an outlaw band of galactic pirates, and take up arms to claim what's yours. Trade cannon fire for cash as you chase wealth and notoriety on the edge of space. Welcome to the next life. Excited about that. Here's my question, though. Are you shaking in your VR boots that you don't have this yet? That this is one of the games that we don't... Is this a bad sign that you're not playing EVE Valkyrie? I don't know. Okay. Because everything we've ever played for EVE Valkyrie seems amazing. EVE Valkyrie is what sold me on VR in the first place. It seems like that'd be a game you'd want ready to go when we got our units. Everybody gets their units. We might not be talking to the right people for all I know. Sandbox Strategies, I think, did the last one, right? So... Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Charge of Eve, so we might just not be talking to them. It might not be Sony. No way. You're telling me I'm not talking to the right guy when I'm talking to a ROM. A ROM is the right guy for everything. You should talk to Sean about Eve if you want it. You want? I'm trying to help you out. You love space. I do. I love space. I'm a huge fan of space. You love outer space. I love inner space. The movie. Martin Short's <laughs> best work. <laughs> Here they lie. Comes to BSVR Digital out the 13th. Created by four industry vets in Sony Santa Monica studio, Here They Lie transports players into a terrifying world from which you cannot escape, where unsettling encounters and environments come to life, creating an immersive first-person experience further heightened by VR. Not sure I want to go into a VR experience <laughs> that escape. I cannot escape. I'm not sure it's like a Goosebumps novel, suction cups to your face forever. PlayStation VR Worlds comes to PS uh, VR Digital and Retail. Step into PlayStation VR worlds and prepare to journey through five unique PSVR experiences specifically created for the players. Go nose to nose with a great white shark, crawl through decaying space hulks, weave between oncoming traffic, survive a futuristic sport, or take part in a gritty London gangster thriller. Res Infinite comes to PS4 digital out the 13th, and it is VR compatible, so you do not need VR for it. But you should get it in VR because it's really fun in VR from the things I've played. I haven't played the final version because I was in Montreal when I got my code, but I really can't wait to play it. Love you. Prepare yourself for the ultimate version of Res, a thrilling journey of sights and sounds and shooting action, remastered and upgraded exclusively for PS4 and PlayStation VR. Experience 360 degrees of mind-blowing synthesia? The fuck does that mean? Synthesia. As you blast through waves of enemies and massive transforming bosses with colors and sounds that sink and blend to the beat of Rez's legendary techno soundtrack. Riggs Mechanized Combat League comes to PSVR, digital and retail out the 13th. Coming exclusively to PlayStation VR, Riggs Mechanized Combat League puts you in the pilot seat of an athletic fighting machine battling for supremacy in the adrenaline-fueled sport of the future. I think that game looks fucking cool. Yeah. Played it at events. I'm excited to see the final version. Rise of the Tomb Raider 20-year celebration comes to PS4 digital and retail, and it is PSVR compatible in the Croft Mansion as far as I understand. Yeah, blood ties. Lara Croft becomes more than a survivor as she embarks on the first tomb raiding expedition to the most treacherous and remote regions of Siberia. Rise of the Tomb Raider 20-year celebration also includes the new blood ties, single-player content, VR support, new co-op play for endurance mode, and much more. Much, much more. And finally, holy fucking shit. All right. Until Dawn, Russia Blood comes to PSVR retail and digital out the 13th. Descend into madness. Strap yourself into the most disturbing roller coaster ride you'll ever take. Until Dawn, Russia Blood is a virtual reality experience to strike fear into the hearts of every trigger-happy arcade shooter fan. Mm. Now, here's the full list of games out the 13th for PSVR. Holy fuck. Oh, actually, this is just the full list of games coming out. So this is these like, the, the, the games you read were PlayStation VR games they were pimping. Now they have a list of games that are also coming out this week. So a thousand foot robot golf PS4 digital out. Ten, uh, this is already out by the time you heard this and PSVR compatible. Ace Banana PSVR out the 13th digital only. Aragami Collector's Edition PS4 retail. The Assembly PSVR digital out the 13th. Atari Flashback Classics Volume 1 and Volume 2. These are separate PS4 out the 13th. Batman VR. It says just PS4. They These should are, do that VR, have an arcade. You walk in there, you play mm-hmm. in the cabinet. Come on. 
We already talked about a couple of these. Castle Invasion thrown out. PS4 and Vita Digital. Criminal Girls 2 Party Favors Vita Digital and Retail. Sorry, you we didn't get a write up for that. Pervert. Dragon Quest Builders PS4 and PS Vita yes. Digital. PS4 at Retail. Yes. Drive Club. We already did Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary World Tour PS4 Digital. Don't do it. E Valkyrie. We already did Gunjack PSVR Digital out the 13th. Harmonix Music VR for VR Digital out the 10th. Don't do it. Hatsune Miku VR Future Live PSVR Digital out the 13th. This. Headmaster, PSVR, digital, out the 13th. I don't know what that is. Job Simulator, one of my favorite games Do on it. the thing. PSVR, digital, out the 13th. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, PSVR, digital, out the 13th. Do it. Loading Human, Chapter 1, PSVR, digital, and retail, out the 13th. Mantis Burn Racing, PS4, digital, out the 12th. Manual Samuel, PS4, digital. Metal Gear Solid 5, The Definitive Experience, PS4, digital, and retail. Payday 2, The Big Score, PS4, retail. PlayStation VR Worlds already did. Roost, PS4, digital, and retail. Solitaire, PS4 Digital. Super Hypercube, which I talked about earlier. PSVR Digital out the 10th. And you don't need VR for it. No, no, you, didn't, you do need VR. You do need VR for Super Hypercube. I was thinking of Thumper. Super Stardust Ultra VR. PSVR Digital out the 10th. Apparently, you will get a patch if you own it already, oh, nice. but I don't know if that's true. Speaking of which, remember, Volume Coda is patched already. If you have Volume, you have Volume Coda. You got a, you got a VR game ready to go. Thumper for PS4 Digital out the 10th, and it is compatible with VR. That's how I played it. Tropico 5 Complete Collection PS4 Retail. Tumble VR, PSVR, digital. Until Dawn, we already did. Valkyrie Drive, Bikuni, PS Vita, digital and retail. Wayward Sky, PSVR, digital out the 10th. Waddle Home, PSVR, digital out the 13th. World War Tunes, which is an amazing name. PS4, digital out the 13th, and it's compatible with VR. WWE 2K17 out for PS4 and PS3, digital and retail. And Yesterday Origins out for PS4, digital out the 13th. That's every game coming out this week on PS on, on PlayStation Network. The biggest week I could ever remember. Let's give a round of applause to Solitaire coming. Why would anyone really choose to release their games this week if they're not on PSVR? Why would anyone choose? Why would why would even Dragon Quest Builders come out this week? But Criminal Girls... Square ain't afraid. Square ain't afraid Solitaire. of this VR shit. Are you kidding me? They know Dragon Quest Builders is going to outsell Thumper. No so, offense to Thumper. So after what seemed like 15 minutes, that's all of the games out this week. Uh, Colin, mm-hmm. topic of the show. Tots, tots, tots. Uh, um, it's, I think, I feel like it's a good lead in from your Amy Henning story, right? Cause in the Amy, Amy Hennig story, you said, quote, they're just video games when you're talking about this, right? Top of the show comes from T read 91. Hey guys, I've never played the original Bioshock when it came out. So I picked up the collection to give it a go and I am loving it so far. I thought I would check out some of the reviews of the original. So I went over to Metacritic. The top review is from Eurogamer, and the reviewer said, the hours spent playing this masterpiece were the perfect encapsulation of why video gaming is such a favorite waste of time for so many of us. How do you feel about this statement? Are video games really a waste of time? I personally disagree, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Tim slash T-Read91. Well, I want to say real quick at the top that when I'm saying per the Amy Hennig story that they're only video games, they're only video games. They're yeah. not, it's not life and death. We don't have to kill ourselves to make them. That's all I was trying to say. I, I'm no, not no, trying no, no, to, no, no. I'm not trying to say that they're only, they're, they're child's. Oh, you know no, I mean? no. I, but I That's think, I, th- I think the core of that is right here in the way of like, he's at our, you know, our video games are our favorite waste of time. And do we agree with that? Yes. Do we? I mean, how? How? Yeah. It's. What do you? I mean, I love video games. They're my favorite recreational activity. They aren't life and death. They aren't seeing my family. They aren't doing the things that make you a. Well, that now I won't go that far. I was going to say things that making you a better human being. I think games and lessons learned in a video game can make you a better human being, make you a more interesting person. In this, but I mean, it's the same way of like our. 
movies and our TV, our books, our stories is fiction is are all all of these things are in a way waste of time, right? Sure. Any any recreational hobby, I think you you can make a case for being a waste of time, but also being enriching. They enrich your lives. Most of well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it, it's a pejorative when it, it, the games are a waste of time. I waste my time 15 different ways every day. Like it's, I'm not saying that it's, you know, I, I sit on my phone, waste my time. I watch, I flip through the channels, waste my time. I talk browse the internet, waste my time. Every time I talk to Kevin, it is the biggest waste of time of that day, regardless of what else is going on around me. So I'm not saying it's a pejorative. I think I agree with what they're saying. It, it, they could have maybe used a different word. Like you said, uh, our, your recreational activity, sure. but it, games are a waste of time. And, and the, you know, that we, we waste time intentionally with them. That's what we like to do. So I, I, I see what the Bioshock reviewer from Eurogamer some 10 years ago now is, was saying. Um, it is one of my wa- favorite ways to waste time, too. I love to waste time, you know, watching a documentary or anything like that. Could you say that is documentary a better use of time because it's real or because it's educational or reading a book? Is that, I don't know. I, I, I try to make, to make those particular value judgments. All I know is that I've been playing games for, for about three decades, pretty much every day of my life, yeah. and uh, I'll never stop playing games. And I love playing games, uh, but I'm not on this high horse where I act like what I, like I'm using my time in a novel way because I'm not. Yeah. You know, like there, I, mean, I could the, be doing I could be doing fucking volunteer work or something. That's not. And that's the thing. Time. Like when where, so, I, where do you where does it net on and what? Uh, I mean, I feel like you get down to brass tacks here. But what isn't a waste of time, right? And is it going? Is it? I I mean, technically, should for not it to be a waste of time? Would it be that I leave my one job and go to another job to continue to make more money to be, continue to provide and right. like anything I'm not doing that isn't being i guess anything that i'm not doing that isn't for the greater good or the good of those around me would that be considered a waste of time it's like an anthropological kind of argument right like yep. like the discovery of fire allowed not a waste of time not a waste of time whether it was really discovered or whether they, they, they figured out how to harness it first and then they figured out how to make it benjamin franklin with the kite and the electricity right that's exactly 17 7, you know 1750s is when we discovered fire it was really <laughs> remarkable that we got that far without it uh <laughs> but uh the point i'm trying to make is these guys had no no room for luxury, right? Like they they went to bed, they were scared at night, they were cold, and then they made a fire, and it protected them from creatures, allowed them to cook their food, which m- might have helped them, and then it allowed them to stay awake at night, and then you know maybe have more need to create the written word or create it gave them time, right? Yeah, create culture, and then agriculture came, you know, and animal husbandry and all this kind of shit, and suddenly you had excess food and and. You didn't have to hunt all the time. You didn't have to worry about where your food is going to come from for maybe months at a time because you had a storehouse of it. Suddenly you had all this time to waste. And ever since then, people have been wasting time. Right. They've and been whittling. So I'm not so I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I'm saying that like you figure out ways to fill that time. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I My entire day is structured around how much time I can possibly waste. Sure. I get everything that I need to get out of the way done so that I can waste the rest of the time and whatever, however I want. I want to go out to dinner. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of money too, you know, but I like to do that. And then I sat, I played mafia three for 25 hours in three days. It's a fucking complete waste of time, but that's why I wanted to spend my time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. See, this is the thing about gamers. We have nothing to prove. This is what we always talk about with movies, right? Like we want movies to, 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 to represent games and, yeah, yeah. and who gives a fuck? This is how this is. We have nothing to prove to anyone. This is how we this is how we enjoy playing, playing and, and enjoying our time and spending our time. And there, we have nothing to well, that, to prove to anyone else. So I agree is, with you. So but I'll waste as much time playing games as I want. I love it. I agree with you. And if I mean, if, and obviously I feel like you definitely see that of gamers still looking for uh, mainstream acceptance and looking for everyone to accept this. It'll be that thing we I talk about all the time when all the old people die. 
when there isn't a generation that didn't come up with someone playing a video game around them, it won't be like this. In the same way that I don't think anybody writes into a movie podcast and says, are movies a waste of time? Well, no, I mean, they movies are. are a waste of time. Too. <laughs> they are, but nobody worries about TV it. TV is a waste of time. And nobody takes offense to that, though. If you're, and I'm sure somebody yeah. would. I'm sure Nick Scarpino would punch through the wall and cool. We have a lot of time. We spend a third of our time sleeping and a third of our time working. T- typically, you have a third of your time to just waste. You know, like I, I, and I think that that's that's part of the luxury of being a human in the 21st century. So take pride in it. It's fun. Get fat. Um, and don't you know? Don't get too offended by what other people are saying. I don't. I don't care what people think about playing games, and I don't care that people think it's. Uh, it could be childish or you can spend your time better. I don't care. Games have gotten me this far and I've been, I enjoy them and they keep my mind sharp and they, they keep me entertained. And um, I don't really see to your point is how it's any different than movies or TV shows. Um, I think it's way different than books because maybe books are a little bit better for your brain. But challenges me. I'm, I, I, you know, I, how many words and how many when I really think about it, how much did I learn from playing video games? I was playing RPGs at a very young age. Like how much, you know, um, did I learn from doing that? I unintentionally learned like Norse mythology from Final Fantasy games. I, I like I I uh, I learned what you know, what is a phoenix down? What is that? What is what is down? That's a feather. The phoenix rising from the ashes, right? Like mm-hmm. and, and it revives you like you. You know, what is a what is a. What is a tonic? Right. Like, what does that mean? What, 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 what is a That was a band that you, you wanted more. Yep. more than i can give uh you know what i'm saying like yeah, you unintentionally you you gather i remember the word maelstrom which i use sometimes comes from tales of destiny i i, I remember learning that word it's a spell i'm like what the fuck's a maelstrom and i went into a dictionary and looked it up yeah it's a storm yeah you know like so i'm not saying we have to learn things from games i'm saying that we do and it does enrich your life and i think sharpen you up a little bit um and i would say that a person who has a well-balanced life which is what i try to to conduct i think i couldn't live a pretty happy life too you should read you should watch movies and documentaries and tv shows you should spend time with loved ones and spend time alone and you should play games it's all good colin mm-hmm. trophy time what do you got from uh well i figured you'd want to see the wwe 2k17 trophies you know i will uh sure i'll also bullshit i'll also show you Riggs trophies and uh, e valkyrie trophies today thank you uh, um thank you oh do much. you want resident infinite trophies they're here as well i would we, like we that can too. show those to you and uh let's end it there okay so WWE 2K17, nine bronze, 17 silver, four gold, and a platinum. Uh, and it seems like they have uh, some, uh, let's see. Yeah, ranked matches. Yeah, so that garbage. There's a silver trophy called 100 bouts, play 100 matches online. Uh, it seems like that is the only one, because what's interesting here is that every trophy has parentheses. Not the name, but the description. Single play, single play, single play. Uh-huh. Exhibition play. There's one for ranked matches, and that's yeah. the only one it seems Sounds like. Sounds pretty traditional. And then uh, play against mode AI is the others. Ah, okay. Um, but the, let's see, how many did I say? There's uh, four gold trophies. So the gold trophies are, sn- wow, Snickers, hunger to win greater than hunger. It's a Snickers logo for the trophy. Good, okay. WWE Universe, play and win 50 matches. Gold, a winner is you. Win at least 20 matches on hard difficulty or higher in universe or exhibition. Locker room rat, complete a match with 50 different superstars. And New Conqueror win one match by pinfall against Brock Lesnar with difficulty legend. Oh, wow. Uh, now, I have I take issue with one thing in these trophies. <laughs> you tell me what's wrong with these. The names. One of a kind. Oh, my God. The, they're not using title case. So it's just. But sometimes they are. Oh, you're, well, that s- makes it even worse. But you see, that's the thing is they're Suplex City, the capital S, capital C, because that's a proper noun. What about this? The New Day. 
The New Day. That's that's a proper noun. That's, that's so, uh, Austin Creed. And Welcome Xavier to Woods. the Dungeon. This is another thing. Uh, yeah, because it's uh, the dungeon, the heart dungeon, because it's an Italian Bret Hart. So when they use a trophy, there's a bra- or no, the gold new conqueror. Conqueror is lowercase because it's just like whatever. Come there's on, a million guys. conquerors. Fucking annoying. All right, rigs, MCL trophies, eighteen bronze, eight silver, six gold, and a platinum. Platinum pot. Uh, the golds, uh, since there are six, are be the champion in League One, become an A-list celebrity, r- purchase all rigs, complete every trials challenge, win both the tournament and league in the same league seasons, and be promoted from Division Six. Now, I could be mistaken. You could be. Uh, don't go. But I feel like, with a few exceptions, you could get this platinum by yourself without Ooh. playing online. Okay. okay. But I don't know if that's true or not. I just don't see an indication that... Well, many of these trophies are online, but maybe the ranking specifically would be online, etc. Gotcha. But, you know, we'll wait for the trophy guy and see if that's true or not. Eve Valkyrie. Here we go. 18 bronze, 11 silver, 4 gold, and a platinum. Platinum, platinum. Uh, so completed the recall mission. Completed the, So there's a bunch of recall mission trophies, purchasing uh, uh, items, crafting ships, uh, etc. and so on. Now, this is another one where it seems like you don't need to be online, except for there are ranks, rank 10, rank 25, and 50 for a bronze, silver, and gold, respectively. Um, and also uh, won a PvP play- battle as a squad leader. So it seems like you have to play online. The game is made to be played online. I will be playing it online, and perhaps you will find me on there. I'll be the one shooting your ass down. Your shit getting blown up. That big old Colin Dash. <clears throat> Every once in a while, Colin comes across a game he's really good at online. The yeah. last one was The Last of Us. Sure. This is going to be one of those games. This is going to be one that you're really good at. Yes. You're making that prediction. I was born to be a fighter pilot in space. Wow. Wow, these are this is big words. Everybody. There is a fifty percent chance I'll never play online at all. Sure, of course. Final one comes from Res Infinite: four Ooh. bronze, seven silver, eight gold, and a platinum. Uh, so clearing areas, that's five of those. Clearing, clearing direct assault and other uh, other uh, modes. Achieve the high score in lost areas, a gold trophy. Clear score attack mode 30 times. Achieve the high score in five areas of score attack mode is another gold. Defeat the alternate final boss of area X with a slowdown ratio over 95%. Uh, so maybe something you'll want to do. I'm going to play it, so. but I don't, I don't think I'm going to get it. Anyway, that's all the trophies for now. I'll be interested to see. Remember, for PSVR, because you, a lot of you out there will be playing PlayStation VR for the first time uh, this week. Trophies do not pop in PlayStation VR. Listen for the ding. And you have to go into the uh, into theater mode and then go into the cross-media bar and look at trophies to see what you've earned. It's annoying, but it's necessary. Speaking of Res Infinite, Greg Way, you need to watch football in your room so I can I can PSVR on Sunday. It's my only it's my only Sunday there. I'm not even gonna be here. Thank you. So goodness. you can do whatever you want. Oh, thank Jesus God. Oh Jesus. I thought we were gonna have to fight about it. There will be no fight. If I wanted to stay in the fucking living room, I'll stay in the living room. But I'm going to graciously let it go because I won't even be here to argue with you about you it. You don't like the gorilla tactics I'd use in that living room. Oh, I'd like to see you fucking... I'd like to see... Oh, there are my boxer like shorts kind making of, sausage. What kind of Viet Cong fucking nonsense <laughs> you're going to be pulling on me in there, but I'll have to wait for another weekend. <laughs> Colin, your trophy time question comes from 50 Shades of Caucasian over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Good news, by the way. We got our Duke Nukem 3D 20th anniversary edition code. Still no Eve Valkyrie, though, huh? Hey, Colin and Greg. As a longtime trophy hunter, I take pride in the trophies I achieve as well as the time I put into them. This is made clear through the attempt to platinum many PS Plus free games I get. Last month, September, I humbly received amnesia memories from the PS Plus gods themselves on my Vita. Being a huge fan of anime, I was excited, but in order to platinum the game, I had to sacrifice much of the enjoyment I would have gotten otherwise with a fresh run through of the game, mainly based on the time restrictions. 
Seeing as another anima, anime sorry, style visual novel has been released this month for PS Plus subscribers, I'm debating doing the same thing. So I ask you this. Have you ever sacrificed enjoyment and experience of a game for trophies? If so, what games? P.S. If you read this on the podcast, I will be listening with a friend in the car. Hey, Adrian, hard emoticon. Yes. Uh, I would say every platinum, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would say I very rarely, if ever, play a game without knowing what the tro- I, I, I never play a game without looking at the trophies and trying to figure out how many of them I can get if I can platinum, platinum yeah. them. The thing that I'm trying to do more of now, and we've discussed this, it's not even really a new thing anymore because we've been like this for quite some time now, is that I'm not going out of my way to platinum games anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, Mafia is a good example. Mafia 3, it doesn't. it seems like you could use some clever saving techniques to not have to do this, but you have to play the game probably twice. Um, because you have to, there's a specific trophy where the, you have to keep all your associates alive, and then there's a trophy where you have to keep all your associates, only one of your associates alive, then you can't do both. Yeah. Um, so, with that, my whole goal with Mafia was, and a lot of, the, none of the collectibles in the game, the Playboy magazines, the, the Hot Rod magazines, the record label, or the record covers, none of them are tied to trophies. Um, and I went, and there's Ma- no like 100% trophy or anything for Mafia? No. Okay. Um, and so, but I went into the game being like, I'm going to play the game the way I want to play it. I get all the collectibles. I don't care about the trophies. Uh, and I'm not getting the platinum trophy in this game. There's no way. Like, I'm not, I'm definitely not playing Mafia 3 again after this. Yeah. Mafia 3 is going to get deleted off my console when I'm done with it and we'll forget what ever existed, probably. Gotcha. Um, so I'm How trying to know. Ringing so endorsement. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, keep that in mind. But whenever um, I go out of my way sometimes, Bioshock's a good example. Uh, someone mentioned Bioshock before. There's a particular boss in the game that you can kill right away or kill later, and you actually, to get the platinum, have to kill later. You can only know that um, if you, if you if, it's Sander Cohen specifically, and you only know that if you, and the game's really old, so I'm not, I'm not sorry for spoiling it for you, frankly. Uh, you have to know that by looking at the trophies. Uh-huh. And so I, I always look at the trophies, and, and uh, the weird thing with Tomb Raider was that I was using an achievement guide Felt a little dirty. Yeah, you did. Uh, but I had good. to do it because we don't have a trophy guide yet on PS3 trophies or PS whatever the fuck it's called now. So PlayStation trophies dot org. Uh, so I, I I always look at the trophies personally. But I mean, that's but the I thing. don't always go out of my way. for. And them. that's the thing about it. Have you ever sacrificed the enjoyment? I feel like most of the time, I mean, even like there's something rewarding about get like getting the last blast shard in infamous after it vexed me. And I had, you know, the printouts of the photos I had taken, and I had gone through, but even that at some point it was fun to do it, but it wasn't fun in the way the game wasn't meant to be fun. I don't think in terms of exploring and hundred percenting and do all these different things in like fallout Four, platinuming that and getting like having to wait for that fucking goddamn town to level up to hundred percent happiness. That? I don't think so. It's just like, that isn't fun. And like they're, they're I feel just about every platinum, I, I'm trying to think, rack my brain for a platinum I have that I just the whole way through was like, this is a joy. I think there's always something where I'm like, oh, this is work right now. This is the one time I got to work. I for feel this. like you mentioned it with Blast Shards. I feel like the infamous games, we I platinum all three of them. You did too. Yeah. I feel like those were fun. Platinums. And, and they were fun. Yeah. You know what? You know, uh, I feel like my I, second time through Second Sun and like, I'm just like, oh, can I level this up? Or, and I got, I was going around having to do like the final thing of clearing out a few spots just to get enough points to upgrade whatever. I was like, what I'm on. realizing is that the perfect trophy list though, Greg, uh-huh. is the trophy list that rewards you for, I like trophies that reward you with story points. Yeah. And I like trophies that are like collect all of this or do all of this. I don't necessarily like the trophies where it's like get ten headshots in a yep. row. No, thank you. I drive a thousand miles. Do all the kind. Of, I don't like that kind of stuff. I, drive a thousand one miles. Day we were, we cumulatively, are. I don't mind. Get ten headshots in a row. Something fucking stupid like that that at the last second can go wrong. I'm like, oh my god. It was really annoying in, Unch- in the Uncharted collection on PS4 because they took those trophies and made them harder. They added more numbers. I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you even go out of your way to do that? You're yeah. just annoying me. Me. I already platinum these games once. Yeah. And I'm platinum again for some reason. Now, uh, yeah, five of my platinum trophies are Uncharted games. It's like, okay. 
Um, so when are you going back for four? I want to play it again. I just I, I'm not really in the mood. You didn't, you, you stopped. There's you too many other. Games you didn't redo three either, right? That's the one. No, three I stopped that, which is weird. But I did one and two in like a few days. Yeah, yeah, you were um, crazy for a little bit. Well, it's because Crushing's unlocked immediately, and that was yeah. very. That was very. I would have never done it at all if I had to play those games again twice. Sure. But it was nice to play them again. Uh, so we will inevitably make a game one day. I feel like, and and we will have finally say over the trophies, and that's going to be a really great day. And for I me. still think we can, if you, we could, we could easily open up our consulting business on trophy and achievements. We should just, we really should just do the it. Offers on the table, ladies and gentlemen. You're making games. Hit us up. Let us know. We'll come do a, a very fair price, and there has to be a Kevin trophy in every game. Or just his face can be one of the exactly the, the icons. Exactly. Arriba! And then his little face pops. Can I get a minority report on all that, Kev? Not good. Not good, he says. Trophy time was brought to you by dollarshaveclub.com. Guys, you don't need to choose between price and quality to get an amazing, affordable shave. Dollarshaveclub.com is the answer. To prove how amazing their shave really is right now, they are going to give you your first month free to join the club. Dollarshaveclub.com. I, it's calm, not calm. That is, that's not a word. Delivers amazing razors right to Tim Gettys' door. And you think you can get a better shave than Tim Gettys? Have you seen how spruced up that neck is? Gia comes in, the first thing she does, takes her finger, rubs it along his neck where the beard ends because she wants to feel that dollarshaveclub.com shave. Maybe when, when I said Gia, I might have met Kevin. It doesn't matter. You know, somebody's rubbing his neck. And if you want your neck rubbed, you need to go to dollarshaveclub.com. Why? Because you go there, you pick a razor that works for you from the lineup of amazing blades, and that's all there is to it. Tim uses the executive blade. He uses it with Dr. Carver's shave butter. These are all notes he's given me since he isn't here and he's not on this show. The blade just gently slides across his skin for the smoothest shave ever. This is what he wrote down for me to say. I apologize to make you think of Kevin licking his buttered face. Here's your chance to see why over 3 million members like Tim Gettys love Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all of their products. Now, you can get your first month of the club free. Just pay shipping. After that, it's a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment. No hidden fees. There's no reason not to do it. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com love. That's dollarshaveclub.com love. Colin, blow the dust off this. We are bringing out a Dear Shuhei, which we haven't done in a while. Now, this was posted to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, not as a Dear Shuhei, but I feel we don't have the answers for this because we're not working on the inside of Sony. So this is just a, a, a cry for one of the things that needs to be fixed on the PSN. It comes from the Plastic Santa, a.k.a. DJ in Shrouda. Dear Colin and Greg, Recently, my wife and I encountered an issue with our PlayStation 4. My wife was unable to access our games that I had purchased under my PSN account. I had heard rumblings around the internet about this issue, but thought it would never happen to me. But as I contacted Sony support via chat, phone, and Twitter, it turned out to be true. My PS4, the only PS4 I've ever signed into, had been deactivated, and a different, unknown PS4 was now activated as my primary. This means no other user can play the games I had bought on my PlayStation 4. Sony's response through every medium was just to wait six months because of the whole deactivate via the website. I'm filling that in. He didn't. I assume that's the thing because you can deactivate all your PS4s or any all your devices, I think, via the, you know, the store website where you redeem codes, but you can only do it once every six months. 
And I'm not the only user having this problem. There's a 33-page support thread over on Sony's website documenting this with posts as recent as today. I've changed my password on the PSN multiple times now. I've done it every time Sony has account leaks and every time I've at, and every time they've asked me to. I apologize for the rambling, but here's my question. How can Sony not be able to have an account recovery process? It's not right that my wife cannot play games I've specifically bought for her, but have no access to her saves that ha- she has put multiple hours into. Whether due to a glitch or someone has guessed my password and compromised my account, why can't Sony have a system set in place to fix this for the people who have spent hundreds of dollars on their digital storefront? I also hope that you reading this might put some pressure on Sony to fix this sometime soon. Love you guys. Thanks for the hard work you do. The Plastic Santa. Yeah. Throw throw that complaint on the list, buddy. That's a weird one that I don't (laughs) fully understand. Yeah, I don't get it. I'd like a lot of feedback from him. I'd like you to come back to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ or anybody else who's seen this because my thought on it, I understand the primary business that, okay, my primary account's been somehow activated on another system. That fucking sucks. But you can log in to another PS4 and download your games and use them there as long as you're connected online. Mm. So if he reset his password, and please, I'm, I'm being legitimately honest, either in the YouTube video or over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, explain where I'm wrong on this. If you've, your primary account, you change your password, great. There's other PlayStation 4s, your primary system somewhere off in the ether and you have to wait six months. In that time, you should be able to log in to any other PlayStation 4, download those games and play them as long as you're connected to online. Because that was always the thing where it gets sticky, where people get really mad when PSN's down and they go in and they can't play their games. And it's like, well, if you had activated that as your primary account, it wouldn't be a big deal. That PlayStation would work regardless of if it's connected to the online. So I don't understand where I'm missing the glitch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like there's so many problems with PSN that it's like, you know, where do you even begin? Sure, so. and that's why I want to toss one out there is one I'm not familiar with. Usually yeah, we get a lot in here where it is, oh, do this, do that. But Maybe one, one day we'll be able to change our names. It's only been, uh, well, let's see, actually. In, uh, <laughs> around, you know, 10 years ago, people made, bought a PS3 at launch, uh, made their name. Still can't change it 10 years later. Because you knocked it out of the park. Unbelievable. Un- just unfucking believable that that's actually. The- Anyone who's okay with that. I always see, I always see things where I'm like, should have thought of a better name. It's like, shut up. It's a lesson a for your fucking life. Fucking stupid. What a stupid thing to say. You should be able to change your online ID as many times as you want. You can charge for it. I should be able to sign into PSN. You should be able to sign into PSN if you want to change your name and do it every day. Like $10. You're not wrong. It's ridiculous. It's I'm totally just saying it's a lesson, kids, that your actions have consequences. It's Don't stu- come with it's, this. I'm a 23 year old man and I, I made a mistake back in the day. It's Don't stupid. make mistakes. I really do feel like it has to be rectified at some point. I agree, but I just also feel like that. <laughs> how many time? How many fucking conferences are we gonna predict that it's gonna happen? At PSX this year. This is the year. I don't. They better have a fucking balloon drop ready. They better make such a production out of it. They have a marching band. Come they through. should. They should do that. It'd be funny. To make fun the of the final stuff. thing. Oh, and we have one more announcement. Everybody's like, "Oh fuck! It's Red Dead. It's the new Red Dead. It's gonna be something yeah, for Naughty Dog." Don't do that, Dog. people. Don't be the one last thing. Do that at the beginning. Well, then you got balloons all over the stage. You can't do that forever. Mm, that's true. Colin, reader mail. Mm. This is where you go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. Leave us a question just like so many of you had. This has been an awesome show. Thanks for joining us. Colin, thank you for being on today. It's a rarity when I'm on the, I know. Uh, on the show. So No, I meant like being like on. Oh, not just being like, well, I don't know. Mayo. Uh, Z blog. You never have been. <laughs> Wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, what's up, Greg and Colin? What's that? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God that did. Kevin, you want to come do a what's up for him? No. no? Okay. z says, what's up, Colin Greg? I'm the proud father of a seven-year-old daughter, but first and foremost, I'm a gamer. 
Don't let your wife hear that or the daughter ever, please. These two situations at times, these two situations, these two situations can at times be not only conflictual, but can also cancel each other out. Conflictual? Yeah. Stick with him. Just let him roll. He's on a roll. Is that a word? No, not to my knowledge. A balancing act. I do not mean for my daughter to get hooked on gaming early on in her life. Later on, I'm totally fine with it. But let's face it. I also want to be a cool dad. I'm contemplating getting the PSVR, and I'm wondering if the headset might be a tad too big for her kind of small head. It would break my heart not to let her experience this and not allowing myself to experience her experiencing this. Is the headset adjustable for a child to use it? Z-Blug. I looked at it, and then I thought, there's got to be a warning on this, and I found that Sony says, quote, the VR headset is not for use by children under the age of 12. So no, Zblug, do that's, not blind your child. That's too bad because I was thinking of the same thing. My, I, you know, I have uh, three nephews, so I have, I have uh, technically four nephews, two nieces, but my one sister but has, three, one has three boys, um, and they're e- so they're easiest to shop for because they they share things, you know. So I bought them a PS3, and then I bought them a PS4, and I was gonna buy them a PSVR unit. And then I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, uh, they're 10, 7, and 5 or something like that. Mm, and I'm no. like, 10-year-old maybe can get away with it, but uh, I want to make sure they have something that they can all ubiquitously kind of enjoy. So uh, I thought I would just buy them a PlayStation Vita instead. Uh, but uh, There it is. I'd love to just come for, with three Vitas for them. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, since get I'm going Wars. there for Thanksgiving, so Pre-load I'm giving my, all I'm giving my Wars. Cr- Freedom Wars. Yeah, we'll get them Freedom Wars. We'll get them uh, and, and uh, Criminal Girls. <laughs> uh, You're never too young for Criminal <laughs> Girls. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, well, I'm going for home for Thanksgiving. I'm going to give all my Christmas presents to everyone then, so I have to figure all that out. Uh, it's a good question to ask, though, about uh, children using the VR unit. Because, yeah. um I think that's a reasonable enough. Yeah, I hadn't, thought, I, had, I hadn't thought through. I had not had to think about that. It's just like, yeah, when can you put one of these things on? They're saying 12. You know, of course, your daughter better than us, I guess, though. So if you want to wrap a towel around her head and then put that on there to beef up her little, her little noggin. I mean, fuck it. Just put on an infant. <laughs> take, take it into the maternity like immediately ward. Immediately out of the womb. <laughs> yeah. And on and the, in, into virtual reality you go, son. We'll see now, how this works out in 10 years. By the way, shout out to shout out to young kids playing games. I was talking to my brother, uh, who I'm going to see at Thanksgiving, and his, and his son is uh, six. Uh, beat Mega Man 9 by himself. Wow. All you, all you 20 and 30 and 40-year-old motherfuckers can't beat Mega Man. My six-year-old nephew just beat it. Step your game up. PSP. Step. Your game up. PSP, Marcus, step your game up. Stop embarrassing yourselves. It's that Dave wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ and says, Hey, fellas, with the PlayStation VR VR coming out soon for people, I was curious how you feel about unboxing stuff like this. Like for me, when my wife got me a PS4 when it first came out, she had opened it and set it up for me while I was at work, which is nice on her part. But damn it, woman, do I love opening new things. Even if it's just a new game, looking at the manual, which is very shitty these days, and even just popping it out of the case makes for, <laughs> makes me go from six to noon. Just curious Yikes. on your thoughts. <laughs> Any of you guys are still enjoying PSVR? Yours truly, Dave. I'm right there with you, Dave. I love a good unboxing of like the thing you've been waiting for, the tech you've been waiting for, getting it, peeling off the stickers, putting it on your shelf. And as we saw in the unboxing, I mean, I'm not just saying this, the, the very boutique kind of upscale thing they got going on with the PSVR box. Yeah, they're making really you, nice. Definitely making you feel like yeah. this is where your money's going. But yeah, I think I don't think you're alone in that. I think we all fall victim to that, right? Sure. Yeah. You well, get, you buy it, or you well, this you know the wife was trying to be nice, but no, I agree. She did a nice thing. Nobody would divorce her personally, but damn, you won't even buy Aaron a PS4. Sure. You're, you're fucking shitting out PS4s and PS3s and Vita. All these kids you only see once every five years. <laughs> buy the woman you see every day a PS4. <laughs> Are you waiting for that pro? 
yeah, she, 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 she demanded the pro. She got that 4K TV. She's like, I'm sick of these shitty frame rates. <laughs> I was like, hey, babe, do you want me to get you a PlayStation 4? And she's like, it's not a PlayStation 4 Pro. Get the fuck, get the out. fuck out of my apartment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't realize you had such a passion for 4K gaming and HDR. And she's yeah. like, you, you don't, don't know, know me at all. Things. You don't know me at all. <laughs> Red Panda Rexy says, greetings, Greg and Colin. With many games set in real-world U.S. cities, do you think this impacts how American gamers enjoy such games? E.g., if you live in San Francisco and you play Watch Dogs 2, does that enhance your gameplay experience because you can relate much more intimately to the setting? Or does it jarringly pull you out of the game when you notice things that don't match up with the real-world counterpart? Love your work. Cheers, David. I think you can go both ways. Someone... someone that I didn't even think of this, but someone when I was playing, saying I was playing Mafia Three, he one person, you know, I got a lot of tweets about it, but one person was like, "I'm still grasp, grasping with the terrible version of New Orleans that they created." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I've been in New Orleans once, but I, I wouldn't know." You yeah, know? Of so but with San Francisco with Watch Dogs, should I play it? And I think I probably will. Um, yeah, I probably will notice that, and and it, you know. We were talking about some of the weirdness, uh, I think, with Tim. Uh, yeah, we did about, a topic about him yeah. where him and I, yeah, we, there's a Let's Play up. We're like the Marina runs in the Soma or something so like that. Kind of funny games. Yeah. Like, uh, I like, it, for me, it enhances it when it's done well. And I think San Francisco's done well enough where I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, it is cool that, like, the Ocean Beach sign is there. And it is cool that I know exactly where Ubisoft is based on where South Park is. Like, they hit enough of those milestones those like b- the big ticket items that you're like okay cool and but then it is i understand it's a video game and you're truncating everything and like yeah golden gate park is huge and runs right over to the water and does all this different stuff i'm fine with it but yeah it is that thing when it's done we i remember jumping into uh driver san francisco and being like what the fuck is this and then you uh, playing watchdog the original one where it was oh it's chicago and you drove by and it's like oh this isn't like uh, it's close it's close yeah and this is where wrigley should be but uh, this doesn't feel like it this so far from the little bit we played watchdogs san francisco feels like san francisco mm. even though clearly it's truncated and different colin mm. final question of the week over at kind of funny.com slash psq comes from ripperoo 22 ripperoo now this is a question we've been getting a lot of all right hi guys do you believe the playstation no, do you believe that PlayStation could possibly release free VR games through PlayStation Plus as early as the end of 2016? This could possibly be an incentive for people who aren't convinced to, on VR to invest, although they may face backlash from people who do not yet own it and the free game they cannot play. Uh, Brad. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. They, they can get rid of one of the PS3 or Vita games. I think they should get going right away. And I don't think they have to... I mean, yeah, they could get away, give away with that, but I think they could just add a VR game every time. And I think it does work. I think it would work even better than the VR, the Vita way did because that was always the argument, right? Even if you don't own a Vita, redeem every Vita game. Maybe one day you're going to get it. And I think it also probably did work where eventually people were like, well, fuck. I have a library of 12 Vita games already. Why not do this? Mm-hmm. And when you get to there where it is like... when You figure if you, do, if you launch it, and you get you. It's a year out before we get the first VR game. Where you're like, "Fuck, you need to play this." You're gonna be like, "Well, shit, I got 11, 10 games already. Why not for this one that's there? Right. I can play the experience, pick up the easy trophies, and go that way." Colin, mm. are you ready to meet PS? I love this best friend XOXO yes. of the week. This is where one of you write is writes in to kindoffunny.com slash forums, post your PSN name. We read it on this show. All the other best friends out there, they befriend you on PSN. You get many friends to go play things with, or they just send you nice messages. This one comes from Z Wraith. Z-W-R-A-I-T-H. That's the PSN name. Hello, Greg and Colin. Mm. Don't wait for Colin to reply. Fuck that noise. Long time, first time here. I have been playing online games since Call of Duty 4, where I used to play with friends till all hours of the night. In recent years, I have become more of a single-player type of gamer, but I still enjoy playing Call of Duty online regularly. I even play at a competitive level whenever I have the chance. Well, with Modern Warfare Remastered Campaign out now for those who pre-ordered, I obviously platinumed it in the first three days. 
It has got me pumped for the multiplayer and full release of the game. The problem is that I don't have nearly as many online buddies to play with as I used to. I would very much appreciate it if you could make me the best friend this week so that I can hop on to Modern Warfare Remastered with some peeps. My PSN is Z-Wraith. This can also be a dual submission for best name of the week because I goddamn love my PSN name. <laughs> Thanks for listening. P.S. I don't it's know if I love bold, you. This is a bold Just young man. I like it. Well, Z-Wraith, you are the best friend of the week. Everybody befriend Z-Wraith. Play Call of Duty with him. Now... This week's forgotten PlayStation game. This one comes from Zora IZ. Zora's. Zora's. Zora is. Zora is. I'm hungry. We're almost done. Don't worry. Uh, I'm posting for this week's forgotten PlayStation game of the week. My forgotten PlayStation game is Chaos Legion. I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but. It was a very good action hack and slash game back in the day, originally published by Capcom. If I get picked, thanks. Chaos Shout out to Legion. Reformed Gamers, Grace and Peace. Yeah, this might be the first one I've ever that I've never heard of. Pop it up there, big boy. Chaos Lee. It's a PS. What is it? What, you what didn't co- say, just console? a PlayStation. Why you do that? I'll tell you that the Forgotten PlayStation game is brought to you by Uber. Colin, we like Uber. We, love, we use Uber a lot. We authentically love Uber. It's true. Even before they gave us the sponsorship, we really like Uber. I spent a scary amount of money on Uber. I don't want to know how much I spent. I don't want to know how much I spent. We've all taken jobs to earn extra cash back in the day. I, Greg Miller, worked at Petland. And let me tell you, that sucked. You can hear about that on the Game Over Greggy Show. Uh, But now there's a better way and a much easier way, thanks to Uber. Uber is the ultimate side hustle, they say. That's their official wording of it. Uh, Driving with Uber is a new way for you to earn extra cash whenever you want. And it's not just a job. Of course, it's whenever you want to do it. You go in there, you clock in, you take some rides, you go home, you eat a pizza. You get done eating the pizza, you want to go get more rides, you go do it. You want to play PlayStation VR? You can do that. You can do whatever the hell you want to. Uh, it's hours, you know, to, you have a few hours to spare. Use that. Drive with Uber. Uh, you want to be your own boss? You can do that with Uber. And if you're driving right now, you should be because it'd be great. And you could, Are you listening to this podcast? Why you Uber people around? That's what I want to know. People have done that. It's very interesting. I, I've been, I once got picked up by an Uber ride, Colin, that was listening to our own show. And it was very weird. They very call that bizarre. meta, Greg. They call that meta? That's what that is? call that meta. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's access to instant pay. You cash out your earnings up to five times a day with no minimum amount required. So listen, if you enjoy earning extra cash and you want to maybe have Colin and Greg in your car one day because it happens all the time, there's something special you'd like to buy. If you just want to be a cool dude, go ahead. Get your side hustle on. I'm putting that in quotes that you don't see. But get your side hustle on. All right? That's out there. You don't really like that verbiage? I don't like that verb. Do you like that verbiage? Side hustle? No, I don't care for it. No, okay. Uh, sign up to drive with Uber today. Go to uber.com slash drive now that's uber.com slash drive now uber.com slash drive now they put it in there three times like that yep. the last one has it spelled out u-b-e-r but i trust our listeners we, we like our we like our sponsors right like yeah. we, we you know we get with the dollar shave club we have all these things that are good yeah uber is one of those things where i like i can re- i use uber maybe so 10 times a week yeah. at the least so like it's and i've done this for years now yeah and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it just is. I just don't understand. I, I got it. And, and this is not part of the talk, talking point at, at all. all. It's just like, no. I, I don't understand. They lose a ton of money every quarter. So, I mean, they're they're figuring it out. But it's like, I'm, I do the Uber, whatever the f- subscription thing is now. It's like. Oh, yeah. Did, how'd that work out? Dude, it's fucking yeah. awesome. No, yeah. I, it's awesome. Just because, like, for instance, I, I went downtown to, to, uh, a little over a week ago to go to Kevin's uh, engagement party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a Giants game going on. Salesforce had this huge thing on there. There was like the Bluegrass Festival or something like that. And it inoculates me from the surge pricing and it's just $9 flat fee anywhere within that area. So I just fucking called a cab. Saturday night at like 8, everyone's like, car around, it's $9. 
Nice. I'm like, all right. Uber's awesome. I've been, I mean, awesome. and again, uh, to be a thousand percent clear, the ad is done. Now we're just talking about how much we like Uber. Use I was using it in Montreal. I'm using it wherever, anywhere I go. When people like Austin get rid of Uber, I get really pissed off at them. That's a really dumb thing to do. I, I will not, I, not that I really am probably ever going to go back to Austin again anytime soon, but yeah. won't go back there until they have a ride. I mean, there. but that's the whole thing is like, remember you, we talk, I mean, there's game over Greg show topics about this. We should just stop. But San Francisco was awful with these horrible cab drivers that sucked. And then Uber came in and changed everything. It's great. And they put them out of business. Yeah. And uh, when we were, last time we were in Austin, I had an Uber driver bring me to in and out Go through the drive-through, get me a get me a uh, some food. Got her a cheeseburger. Went you got, back. You got to, her a cheeseburger. I got her a cheeseburger. Nice went back to the hotel. Literally like eight dollars. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I remember when we went to Kentucky and we got in the Uber and we, that was the did, best. You made an you made an idol outside of the grocery store or whatever. Was I was like, in what? there for a half an hour, like probably ten dollars, eleven dollars, something. The the crazy thing is, is like I don't care. I'm like really. All right, all right. I'm gonna go in and get some wood. I'm gonna get some. <laughs> Eggs. I thought he was great. <laughs> uh, time for PSN's worst name of the week. This is where one of you gives us your name. I saw some people posting Rocket League names again. You know, I hate that shit. Over on kindoffunny.com slash forums. Uh, this one comes from The Project. That is not the bad PSN name. Of course, Shuhei won't let you change your name. So this is where we beg him. Hey, guys. I'm pretty sure I have one of the worst PSN names. I am literally ashamed to play games online because of how bad my name is. The name, Colin, is A underscore dirty underscore black underscore man. A dirty black man. <laughs> Stick with me because I wouldn't read it if it was just like insensitive. When I was 13. No, that's not insensitive. I was 13 when I first encountered the PlayStation Network and we were reading To Kill a Mockingbird in English class. I was I was one of two African-American kids in the class. And upon hearing the quote, you dirty black dot 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 in class, my teacher, parentheses, who was reading the book aloud, end parentheses, decided to have a nice long awkward breath and the entire class turned to look at me. My response, hey, I'm not dirty. And the class of immature 12 and 13 year olds erupted in laughter. I am thoroughly surprised I've made it nine years and not lost my trophies. For the love of Shuhei Shu, please let us change our names. The Project, a.k.a. a dirty black man. No C in black. B-L-A-K. Yeah. That's a good name. I'm glad you own it. might have another suspension incoming. I don't. I don't. I, I guess. Hey, I, they, do this to, they do it to themselves. I, I know. I, but I don't. Ugh. I think you, if I was at PSN, I saw a dirty black man come by. I mean, maybe without the context. I'd be like, is it? What is it? I can't. Because some people were mad that people were getting suspended through because the of one, this, right? one of the guys who got suspended, who wrote in, got suspended. Like Anime Titlover got suspended. He was all he was all hurt and mad at us. Anime Titlover, you know, you knew what you were on. You know, you write your name in, anything can happen. Anime Titlover and a dirty black man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO episode 56. It's been a doozy. Thank you for watching and or listening. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is a product of kindoffunny.com. It keeps the mics on, so go there. Subscribe to the YouTube channels, like the other podcasts, share the other videos. What did I do wrong? Nothing. Oh, sometimes I sometimes you do this thing where you you look at me and I know you're about to give me the business. And you usually I'm gonna you give rub you the my face once the I camera's off. I, I can't trust you to edit things out of the podcast. So I'm gonna. Hey, you know what? If it's I'm just, gonna fuck you right over this table after this is done. Just a heads sure the up. Just off. a heads up for what's happening. Uncle Jerome, real sick. We're working on it. I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, it is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet somehow. <laughs> who, who the fuck? <laughs> We're not editing things out. There's all these weird cuts around the ass. We're just, we read an ad and then we talk about how much we actually like the sponsor for like 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, and of course, it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you. Like it, share it. 
subscribe to the channels, do all that stuff. No, you're not out yet. Don't worry. Because every episode of PS I Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Singing to Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. You give me your MP3 and your YouTube video of your band or your own solo project. I annotate to your YouTube video if I remember to. And I put your MP3 at the end of our MP3. Today's song comes from Chris Dukerson. Dukerson. Doer, Duker, Doer, Dorkson, Dorkson, Dorkson. <laughs> hey, Colin and Greg, my name is Chris Dorkson, <laughs> and I'm from the chilly province of Manitoba. Today, I submit one of my original songs that I wrote earlier this year in the wake of a breakup. Oh. I felt like the girl mistreated me, and so this bad was written, titled Make It Worse. It exemplifies my feelings of wistful sadness for what could have been. Anyways, I'm doing much better now. This track comes off my... It comes off of my Where Do We Go From Here EP, which I recently released on SoundCloud and can be found or downloaded for free. And he puts a SoundCloud in here and it's, it looks like it's soundcloud.com slash Chris dash Dorkerson dash one D-O-E-R-K-S-E-N. Just go to the YouTube video. It's all annotated. I hope you are both doing very well. And I thank you as well as the entire KF crew for your endless work. Much love, Chris Dorkerson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been PSI Love You XOXO 56. This is Make It Worse. Until uh, next time. Chris Chris Dorkson or Dorkson? D-O-E-R-K-S-E-N. That's Dork. Dork. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Chris Dorkson from Manitoba. You said you'd always be there. I promise you said you
After all these years, after winning you back, yeah, you're still the one who makes it hurt. And I'm lost in your eyes, but you can't look in mine, yeah, sometimes I wish you'd make it work.